Hi, and welcome to this week's Three Legs, Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Sean. Chris. Lee. First off, um, just an apology for last week, because uh, two of us came down with um, what can only be described as... Ugh. I vomited many times. Many times. Yes, there's that stomach bug going round, and, um, well, it went, it went round the house. All two of you. All, all two. two of us. We it had was... all two symptoms associated with it. It was two patients, one toilet. Oh, God. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, we didn't have a huge overlap in symptoms, so as I finished, Paul began. It was like a relay. You passed the baton on with <laughs> purpose <laughs> and intent. There was definitely passing, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, how's everyone else been for the last couple of weeks? All right, Good. yeah. Yeah, Lee, you were... Um... You were in the mosh pit last week, uh, last Monday? Yeah, I went to watch Jimmy at six. I'm a friend's band supporting them. Really good. Uh, got two new tattoos since I've last spoke to you. That's quite nice. Um, shaved your head? Shaved my head. I've got no hair anymore. Um, although, the, the reason I shaved my head was because it was going a bit thin on top. But the um, I'm thinking... It was due to a medication I was on, and since then, a listener's actually got in touch with me and told me that they were also put on the same medication I'm not taking anymore, and they they lost the hair as well, but they've told me that after, like, three months when they stopped taking it, the hair started growing back normally, and since I shaved my head off, you know how you're getting the, st- the stubbly thing every day where it starts to grow back? No, because I've never shaved my head. Yeah, I was, no. I was, I was going to say, you're in, you're, in a, you're in a minority here. Yeah, but the, the, where the stubbly bit's coming back, it doesn't seem to have any like, holes. It seems to be all even across my head. Oh, it was it was actually so. proper losing hair with holes in where the hair should be. It was just, well, it was just a bit thin, but like feeling it, it feels it feels all right. I don't know what to do now. I've been I've been like properly down to wood like wet shaving it i don't i don't hate it it's fine <laughs> oh yeah i've i i have nothing more to add to on the hair stakes our our hair game expert is now hairless yes yeah yeah <laughs> the um well i think it made me it's it's the best way to be because now i can truly appreciate other people's hair you've also got to know when to let it go haven't you? Let's exactly. be honest. Yeah, we were we were just talking about this during the race yesterday. Um, Felipe Massa. Yeah, yeah. Needs to let it go. Well, the thing is, he's he's been like that since two thousand and eight. Yeah, but he's got the full on sunroof now. Yeah, but he he definitely had that when he fake retired when he walked <laughs> down the pit lane with a Brazilian flag. Yeah, uh, that was like what five six years ago now. So, I mean, it probably didn't help when Sky Sky interviewed him at the weekend. That did it so that he had his back to the wind. No, so probably he, not. Yeah, the very wide back of the head parting. Also, do they not have boot polish in Brazil? I mean, I'm sure you could just paint his head just black fill, and it wouldn't look so gaps. bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you can get hair in a can all over the place, surely. It's just black spray paint. <laughs> I'm going that grey. I may be tempted to give that a go, not to not to hide the scalp, just to just to hide the white bits. Hey, there's always Photoshop. 
when I learn how to use it. Anyway, move, moving swiftly on. Right. Um. So yeah, we um we had a race this weekend in Brazil, didn't we? Mm. There was a race in Brazil, indeed. Techni- I mean, technically, there was only one race because what happened on Saturday isn't a race. Although Sky have started calling it a race. I don't know if you've noticed this. The word race has crept back into Sky's lexicon and they are using it freely in conversation. That may come down to Martin Brundle's if it looks like a duck and sounds like a duck. Then it's a chicken. Yeah. I mean, a, bun- a bunch of people line up in a row and then they go round and round and some people overtake each other and then there's a checkered flag. It does kind of look like a race. I don't think there's a problem with calling it a race, is there? It's just that they don't want it mixed up with the Sunday main event Grand Prix. It's not a Grand Prix, but it is a race. So call, um, it, call it the Petit Prix. <laughs> uh, <laughs> while we're talking about the sprint race, have you heard about what it's looking like it's going to be next year? Six events. Six, I think they've said, isn't it? Yeah, but have you heard about what, like how it's going to work into the weekend? No. Um, that they're going to have like a Formula One sprint championship, which is its own thing. And the Friday qualifying is still on Friday, but the qualifying on Friday makes the grid for Sunday's Grand Prix. It's un, like undisclosed at what the um, the sprint race grid will be, uh, how that will be made up, whether it will be championship order or reverse grid pole or something like that. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure about it. I, I, especially after this weekend, I quite like the sprint race depicting the grid for Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know how it would work. Well, ev- everyone that's, uh, everyone that says, cause but... I've noticed this quite a lot on Twitter. Everyone's saying like how, oh, we've just had the best, uh, the best race in Formula One history, blah, 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 blah. Um, are also the same people that have been knocking the sprint race all year. Well, unfortunate motherfuckers, because if we didn't have the sprint race, that race wouldn't have happened. Correct. Yeah, I had this conversation as well. It's it's point three of a race, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, we wouldn't have got the the, the full Grand Prix without having the point three of a race that we had on Saturday. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about a sprint race championship, though. I mean, I don't know. see the point it, in it, it. It's a little bit sort of participation award, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if they're, if they're going to do something like that, have it for test and reserve drivers. Yeah, they've got this. They've got this graphic they keep flashing up at the moment about the most overtakes. It kind of just highlights that you're qualifying out of position. Mm. Yeah, although I've been noticing that Alonso and Vettel are leading the way with the overtakes at the moment. Yeah. Lance a stroll in third. Yeah, because he's shit at qualifying. As pointed out in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I noticed in qualifying was the um the teeny tiny tire award for the fastest <clears throat> qualifier. You you can't you can't say pole. Mm-hmm. Was the Speed King Award. So did the fastest pit stop get the smoke on the water presentation? Well no one did a pit stop during the sprint. No, I'm just throwing out Deep Purple songs and awards for the. Yeah, okay, but yeah, yeah, they still get they still get. Does that the... mean Hamilton wins the Black Knight Award? Oh, there you go. There you go. Well in. <laughs> I had to get there with something Deep Purple related. <laughs> <laughs> 
run out of songs of theirs now. <laughs> They've only got those three, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm... so they still give they still give the um, the Pirelli go kart wheel to whoever gets fastest in qualifying, so it's not a pole position award anymore. Because now, if you win the sprint, was it Laurel Reese again on Saturday? It I'd... was. It was, it it was. hilariously. No um, Massa had to do the reefing, and it was a massive reef, and it was about the same height as him. Yeah, mm. and and Bottas isn't isn't like the world's tallest man either. <laughs> it, it was a very awkward setup. I want to see Yuki Tsunoda win a reef. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, the reef would wear Tsunoda rather than Tsunoda wearing the reef. Yeah, yeah, I think so. As hilarious that uh, that might be, I think uh, you're going to be a lucky flood. Yeah, I don't. Let, you know, we need um, 19 other drivers not to do anything in order for that to happen. Mm. Oh, I no. think Sonoda no, is the worst driver on the grid. No, I'd, I'd, I'd go 18 other drivers not to do anything because Mazepin would find a way of being a minute slower. I think I think in the same car, Mazepin would be a better driver than Sonoda. Did Mazepin I, I... try to run Sonoda over in F2 once? Hey, can we talk about Mazepin crying? Yeah, I think I think he's had emotions installed. Did <laughs> Did anyone else see this? Yeah, yeah. But post interview- qualifying, yeah, when they were interviewing him after qualifying, and he thought he, he um, could have made it through to Q two and didn't. Did anyone else think that, or was that just him? Apparently, he was on a very very decent lap until he lost the back end at um, turn twelve. But a very very decent lap for Nikita Mazepin is probably ahead of Mick Schumacher. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to get 19th. I'm going to get 19th. Oh, I'm 20th. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I saw him have a have a little sob in um, in the interviews afterwards. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it turns out he has got feelings, and he's not just um, not just a robot. Now, if they can program driving skill in there as well, alongside it, he can upgrade. Yeah, that is. Yeah, Mazepin 11. Yeah, for anyone that's had the Windows 11 alert yet, if you've installed it, let us know how it goes, because I'm too scared. I haven't had mine yet, and that's fine. Although, knowing my luck, I'll probably get it (laughs) mid-podcast. Just don't click. If it comes mid-podcast, leave it where it is. Oh, I've got the the alert right in front of me, mid-podcast, and I I am not touching it. Ooh, what's that one do? Sorry, somebody's trying. Goodbye, to send me... everyone. <laughs> somebody's trying to send me something on Dropbox. I'm going to stay well away from that. Um, anything else we noticed about the um, about the sprint race, except except for the obvious, how king fast was that Mercedes? Well, how fast was Lewis in that Mercedes? Yeah. Aside from that, uh, the sprint race was. People are a little too tentative, aren't they? I mean, unless you are someone like Lewis Hamilton, and I don't want to make this this, this entire podcast all about one man, but uh, he was a front a front driver who obviously was put at the back, had a much faster car, and and a real sort of desire to get as close to the front as possible. Um, everyone else is a little too tentative, almost like, oh well, I could maybe take a position but i'll just sit here because 12th is better than not finishing at all i think this is it isn't it it's obviously this is the first one i think we've really had where someone has been very out of position so 
that was quite entertaining but i think we've seen this in the the last ones that actually after the first couple of laps you just you don't want to make that mistake like was it gasly in italy that just like ended up fucking it up and right at the back like yeah the weekend's yeah, over almost, yeah. for one mistake yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And then I don't think he started the race, did he? Because of damage to the car or something. Or it wasn't starting properly. There was some he, drama. Um, yeah. He, uh, Lando Norris, wasn't it, who had a, they were interviewing after the sprint race and they wanted to speak to him about Hamilton passing him into turn one. And Lando just said, look, I'm not even going to bother defending it. Like, why? Like, he's going to finish ahead of me anyway. So, you know, I may as well just, you know, let him go through and you know I, I, i've made two places already i'm doing okay mm. and the fact that the only person that the only person that really had a vested interest in um lewis passing lando uh, was currently sat in 10th because of the penalty and then they were getting bumped down to 11th <coughs> yeah yeah so uh Needs more points that's the yeah i think so yeah yeah uh, if if they, if they don't want to give like like half points, like a, the proper thing, do it 10 to 1. So am I right Top in 10. saying that if they were to do a sprint championship this year, that it's uh, Valtteri Bottas who leads the sprint championship at the moment? Yep. See, that makes it I even more so. a little bit of a consolation prize, doesn't it? I think Bottas is way out. Well, I know they only did three events, so there's no more sprints to come, but I think he is the sprint king of, of this year. Cool. I like the idea of having a like some sort of prize giving or something at the end of the year for who, whoever does better in the sprint. But I still like the idea of it forming the grid as well. You know, I think, I think you could do both. The problem with it forming the grid though, is that's, that's when you get the, unless it, unless they give it a downside more points, that's when the risk re- reward thing comes in. Yeah. And you know, are you, you going to screw up your weekend for, you got a chance of getting, I don't know, six points, or are you going to try and hang on and try try for more points the following day? Mm, I mean, if you've got ten points plus for a win, you know that's uh, that's a championship swinger for for anybody. You know, if you can, if if all of a sudden you end up winning two sprint races, you know, you've you've nearly got a a race win under your belt. Mm. So, excuse me, yeah. I, I mean, I, I suppose that's the way to look at it. If they're doing half-distance races, and it is half points, then I, d- I don't see what the problem would be in somebody winning two half races and that equaling a full race of points. They'd have to um, they'd have to tweak the actual point system though, so we don't end up with half points on the. Uh... Yeah, I think I said yeah, that a weeks ago. What about, as well. what about going back to the old points scoring system? Because for the sprint races where you know the top eight score points and it's like 10, 8, 6, 4, 3, 2, 1 or whatever it was. Yeah. 10, 8, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Um, that, that would work, but I read somewhere saying they don't want to make the sprint races too similar to the F2 and F3 ones and that's the scoring system they use in the sprints. It will be from next year, isn't it? Isn't that what they're doing? They're, they're, they're offering that kind of point scoring system. Yeah, and it's what it's what they did last year, um, last year as well, when it was two okay. races a weekend, rather than. I mean, realistically, if they were going to, if they had any brains about them for these things, especially if 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 F two is getting you ready to go into Formula One, 
I think the race weekend format should be exactly the same. It does seem strange, doesn't it, when you're setting up F3, F2 as the path to say, yeah. oh, we, we absolutely cannot have the same format as them. Yeah, yeah, do do do, do it the same way. Quali on the Friday for F, F3, have the uh, sprint race for, for sorry for F2 on the sat on the Saturday and then the the feature race on the Sunday just like Formula One yeah I mean it, it would it would make perfect sense but you know when has when has the F1 organization ever made perfect sense because don't forget they own F2 and F3 these days <laughs> yeah, it's true hmm. who fucking knows but anyway, let's talk about the race. Well, Stop I was going to I was going to say before sprints. before before we start on the race because we're still going through the sort of sprints and qualifying section of it. Before what happened on Sunday, Wingate. Mm. Oh God! Do you know oh, when, if you fail? Sorry, go on. I was going to say, do you know when you wake up and you're scrolling through Twitter and you're like, okay, what have I missed overnight? And you see something, you're just like, no, I'm clearly not awake yet. That can't be a thing. The idea that just the whole how Verstappen came to be involved in that shitstorm like, was just what the actual fuck. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of people complaining about, well, Vettel goes around and touches cars, and he's been doing it for years. Vettel usually is clever enough to go and have a look, but he doesn't touch the cars until after mm-hmm. the race. Mm-hmm. There was now, only after one... the race, there's no park Fermi conditions. His park Fermi finishes as soon as you cross the finish line. Yeah, <laughs> there was only one big one I could see where he he sort of nudged the Mercedes forward with his foot and then the Ferrari. I think that was post-race. Yeah, don't know where he was checking, but, uh, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't, first of all, but there's nothing to... I mean, what what my defence would have been if I was Mercedes, that, uh, well, Max Verstappen broke our fucking rear wing. That's why... Even Lewis Hamilton, apparently in the hearing, said that there's no way that him touching the wing for that amount of time would have caused it to fail, and oh, it failed. Yeah, yeah. And it failed the test by naught point, naught point two of a millimeter. Yeah. So a fifth of a millimeter mm-hmm. is yeah. what it failed the test on. But I mean, there are limits to limits, and if you fail the test, you fail the test, regardless yeah. of what it's about. I mean, you know, look at what happened to Vettel in Hungary with the fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't. That you know, they were under the limit. The limit is there for a reason. If you fail, you fail, and you got to take the consequences. And they did. Yeah. yeah I mean, there, no, was a, it's... there was a lot of people kicking off about Red Bull having repaired wings in Park Ferme conditions so far. But oh, but that's structural integrity. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, this, this is yeah. what I've been saying. And they they've actually applied to the stewards or the FIA for permission to replace a, a broken part with an identical part. They yeah. so did that on Sunday, though, just to fuck with Mercedes. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they, <laughs> they, they thought there, like, this is an absolute open goal for us. Mm-hmm. Get Hamilton disqualified from um, from uh, from qualifying. That's basically Max Verstappen with one hand on the championship. Oh, yeah, but I mean on Sunday when they replaced Verstappen's um, rear wing on the grid. Oh, right, sorry, yeah. <laughs> You know. Yeah, there's that clear tape as well, isn't there, that Red Bull are quite fond of. Mm. Like It looks like the old Scotch tape mm. that, they, that they stick down. Um, but again, I mean, the FIA are supposed to be informed of any changes, and there's usually an FIA delegate there watching people do things and making sure that any replacements that are done under part firm A conditions are like for like and have to be, yeah, have to be safety 
uh, on safety grounds, don't they? I think there's, yeah, there's only you, a couple. Yeah, you of... have to you have to prove that whatever is wrong with it would be a, a safety issue if it was to race that could be a safety issue to the driver or other drivers. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think if you're following a a, a Red Bull at 190 miles per hour in Sao Paulo and his rear wing comes off and hits you in the face, that's probably not going to be. Uh... It's not ideal. No, that's a safety problem. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I don't see any similarities between what Red Bull have done several times this season, including this weekend, and what happened to Mercedes. You know, it's it's a failure and it doesn't doesn't pass scrutineering. Which I mean, for fuck's sake, that's why scrutineering is there. Yeah. You know, you know, it's got it's got two two purposes: to make sure everything's legal and to make sure everything's safe. And as it turns out, there was a part that, through some fault, maybe no fault of the team, maybe a pothole on the track or something, was illegal. So yeah, they said it was it wasn't intentional on Mercedes' part. There was no intent. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tests are tests, and limits are limits. And if you push the limit, and then whatever outside force pushes you over the limit, unfortunately, that's you know a breach of the rules. Yeah. Do we know if Mercedes were one of the teams that got hit by the freight getting stuck at Mexico? Because not everyone got through scrutineering before FP1. Because the worst affected the... teams were McLaren and Ferrari. Ah, okay. Oh, I, th- I thought I thought Haas were the main ones that struggled because the engines didn't uh, the engines didn't turn up until late Friday morning, oh, mid Friday morning. No, nothing important. Then, no, 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 Jesus. No. Not for hats, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Toto's kicking off massively about the whole situation. Angry Toto kind of got me a little bit back on side with him, though, yes, because he showed I, a little—he showed a little bit of passion. I was just like, "This is like an angry football manager." <laughs> I'm a kind of—I'm kind of on. Um, not that I'm. Not that I totally agree with everything that's been going on. I don't think there's any conspiracy or that Red Bull. Because we listened to Christian Horner, didn't we, saying that, like, oh, we know what Mercedes are doing. And then when, when he just, what, what are Mercedes doing? Well, that's a conversation for the engineers to have. So you don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you just think you know what they're doing. Um, and, um, yeah, it was it, a very, very silly uh, conversation to be having. I'm not, I'm not team Red Bull or team Mercedes. I, I'm really enjoying this championship. In that, in, that, our... in that case, if I was you, I'd stay off the internet just to be on the safe side. I know, yeah. <laughs> I said, I said to one of our listeners this morning, "Look, it'd be great if Verstappen wins a championship because it's a bit, it's a change for the sport, mm-hmm. and also uh, Max Verstappen wins his first championship. That's really cool. But also, it'd be amazing to see Lewis Hamilton go out on on eight championships and be out there by himself, mm-hmm. um, you know, head and shoulders above, literally above anyone else. So." Um, I don't mind who wins the championship. I'm just really enjoying it. But seeing angry Toto kind of got me on his side a little bit. <laughs> I was like, yes, go on, Toto. Give, give us some passion. He was immediately before the big sort of fist shaking at camera incident. He was, I think there was a bit where he had like head in hands and just looked very, very stressed by the whole situation. I feel like he had the full roller coaster yesterday. Well, he had his own press conference after qualifying, didn't he? After the sprint race. <laughs> I was like, what is this? 
Are you sure that wasn't just him shouting and everybody turned up? <laughs> well, if it was, he did it in front of a board that had Mercedes sponsors on it. I think, yeah, I think a few of them have their own sort of press boards in the paddock for reporters to just gather. I know Ferrari do it quite a bit, so it would it would make sense that, that Mercedes have one. Yeah. I, I don't believe in any conspiracy, though. I don't think Red Bull... I mean, yeah, it's competition, of course it is, but I don't think that Red Bull are cheating or Mercedes are cheating. I just think it's a, it's a real nail-biting finish to a championship. And, you know, I, I, I still think Red Bull probably still have a slight upper hand, but you know, after this weekend, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Who, who the hell are we to predict? Um, I think... Um, two weeks time guest virtual Statman put it best for the rest of the season when he said uh, the remaining three races are at circuits or configurations that nobody's driven before and then got mansplained at by someone who hadn't realised Abu Dhabi had had a new configuration oh yeah, I, yeah, I, I, missed, I, missed, that. I missed that bit fucking <laughs> no, didn't go well asked him, for him somebody asked the virtual Statman Sean Kelly how long have you been watching F1 yes that was the bit that didn't yeah, go that's well for the, same the man guy, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> He could probably tell you down to the minute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, if you're uh, if you're following Sean Kelly, you probably know who he is, don't you? You would yeah. think. <laughs> weird people are weird. Internet's horrible. Three night races in the Middle East, all on like Sean said, all on circuit configurations that have never been raced at before. Mm. Um. Well, if wow. if, McLaren, if Mercedes can keep that um, straight line advantage they've got, uh, Red Bull absolutely have to um, have to sort it out in the next two races. Well, Ka- Qatar is well, it doesn't matter because Qatar I think is quite high speed, isn't it? Usually, like in terms of straight line speed. I, I, I don't know. I've, I've no idea. I've it's, remembering... quite, um, it's quite uppy-downy, I think, Qatar. It's got quite a bit of elevation it's change. A bit, it's a bit like Portimao, is it not? But faster. I think if so. I remember from MotoGP right. kind of, mm. If I remember from MotoGP kind of watching way yeah. back in the day. I think what I'm, what I'm picturing in my head would be quite like Portimao. Uh, and then you've got uh, Saudi Arabia, which I watched an on, an on board from the F1 2021 game today, which is, I think, <laughs> Because updated. real life on boards don't exist yet. Mm. Yeah, which they, no, they which they might have to do the actual race on. <laughs> no, I'm sure it'll be fine, sort of. <laughs> um, are you, are you just, really sure? Just hope there's no high winds at any point that blow all the cardboard away. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, that seems quite high speed, very flowing, high speed corners. And then you've got um, obviously Abu Dhabi on a new configuration, which is going to be much faster. So I just, I, I really don't know. I really, really don't know. I haven't got a clue. This is this is I, why we do predictions on every preview show. Well, apart apart yeah. from last week because there wasn't one. But. Championship wise, I, I a listener had asked me um, who I thought was in the best position to win the championship. And I don't know what you guys think of this, but I, cause I, I first thing I thought, well, obviously Max, cause he's got points. He's ahead in the championship. But then I suddenly thought to myself, who, if, if, if you, if someone told you the next three races were going to be won by one driver, who would you think would have the better chance of winning three races back to back Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton? Probably Lewis Hamilton. Mm. That's what I thought. Particularly at new tracks. Yeah. Yeah. 
What is interesting is if 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 Hamilton if if we get the same result over the next two races, Hamilton wins and Verstappen the second, and then one of the other two, either Bottas or Perez, pits and gets the fastest lap off the other one, um, they go into Abu Dhabi level on points. Wow, that'd be amazing. That could be tense. Um, uh, yeah, but you, I mean, you go go to Abu Dhabi, which is, I mean, pretty much like in in modern Mercedes terms. Uh, it's a Lewis Hamilton circuit, isn't it? Yeah, but Max won there last year. <laughs> he did. He did. Lewis was just coming out of COVID, though. Mm, yeah. Yes, that's that's also true. He had to quickly get back in before George Russell got his seat for the rest <laughs> of the time. <laughs> that as well. <laughs> I have just shared into our Three Legs, Four Wheels chat a picture alleging to be from today of the actual Saudi circuit rather than the Codemasters Saudi circuit. Does... I don't think this is true because it looks like it's been raining and the rain doesn't fall in Saudi Arabia. Apparently it's that's new, new surface. No, it's illegal. You reckon it's illegal? <laughs> <laughs> the only water there is Evian. Yes. <laughs> All water is owned by the government. Um... No, according to the comments, it's shiny because it's like freshly laid and still has that new track sheen yeah no fine fair enough but it's going to be nice and slippy for everyone then <laughs> wow that's a building site it isn't is it? a bit of a i mean there is a track it's just the rest of uh the shit yeah but it looks like um a it looks rally like cross sent... yeah yeah but who it looks like your average formula, formula e circuit yeah just it <laughs> it's got as many fans there um yeah. Oh, well, that one stretch looks like a circuit. It's really weird. It goes between looking like uh, Abu Dhabi uh, in one picture and then Valencia in the next. Is Singapore that... in that last one, I would say. Valencia then or Valencia now? That's the worrying thing. Valencia now. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm. I'm sure they'll be fine. Um, there's. That's the great thing about uh, um, Formula One going to countries that don't have great human rights records they get building done really quickly <laughs> <laughs> moving swiftly on <laughs> <laughs> which to be honest is what formula one does every time somebody mentions human rights <laughs> yeah i don't think it's the Swift. moving swiftly on i think it's more the sort of la 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 can't hear you hands over ears yeah. doesn't exist yeah. Um, yeah moving swiftly on to what contract negotiation <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually no moving swiftly on to something that isn't swift from uh... moving swiftly on sign here <laughs> <laughs> yep from the from the back to the front so moving on to not swift has uh mick Sh what happened to mick schumacher but he had his wing stuck underneath him, and he was asking, "Is it still on the car?" No, no, Mick. No, did he, it's, did he it's drive not on the car? Did he drive the because car of Raikkonen? The did he drive into the back of Raikkonen? Was that what happened to his wing? Oh yes, yes. He got um, he got a Kimi in the Kimi in the nose. I don't think he got a Kimi in the nose. I think he just drove into Kimi, <laughs> and then yeah, it didn't go well, and then came back to the pits a bit too quick. That was there was no way the pace he was coming back that wing was gonna thing go, he didn't know where the wing was shatter. did he or what angle it was at or mm. or anything here yeah, he didn't have a clue. Um, ended up so, bring, and, ended up bringing out the virtual safety car. Yeah, yes, yeah. But yeah, um, 
not great for Mick Schumacher. I'm just trying to find the text document that I sent through so I can have a look. He was seventh, uh, He was 18th and Mazepin was 17th. Yeah, so Mazepin, great race, finished ahead of Mick Schumacher, who had to pit and brought out a virtual safety car. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest impact Haas have had on a race for a while. Yeah, you say that. <laughs> wait until they decide who wins the championship in, in Abu Dhabi. Oh, Christ. <laughs> 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 yeah, heading in the complete other direction. Uh, right, Williams. George Russell, 13th, and Nicholas Latifi, 16th. Russell uh, out-qualified. In in a standard qualifying session, this is yeah. shocking, crazy for the for, for the first time it, by a Williams teammate. Good luck. Yes, yeah. I mean to be fair, we've we said for a couple of weeks, haven't we? The uh, the gap between Lewis and Latifi had been like Lewis reasonably and, Lu- Lewis not, and not Latifi Lewis, has a substantial George. gap. <laughs> yeah, it's massive. Um, Twenty years ago, the gap between Lewis and Latifi would have been about two places on the grid. <laughs> but um, you know, it's. I, I think Latifi's doing a reasonable job now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Given what he's got, yeah. Slow yeah. burner, Nicholas Latifi, mm. but he's doing all right. Yeah, I wonder if um, Williams have sort of finally stopped developing the car, and they're actually concentrating on next year's now. Which would be reasonable, to be fair. Yeah, to them. I mean they've got they've got points. They've got they've got eighth more or less wrapped. Yeah, up. they're comfortably ahead of the two teams that they probably thought they'd be fighting for back of the grid probably not going to go much further forward unless there's another shenanigansy race um yeah i feel a fairly anonymous race for them i don't really remember seeing much of either of them no nobody ran into anyone did they i think did did sonoda get a little bit close to latifi at one point and i think that's pretty much all i remember so there wasn't the big Sonoda moment, there was No, it? no, it was the second time was... he tried to wipe out a Canadian. Oh, I see. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. He has, he, Sonoda has single handedly declared war on Canada. <laughs> 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 Do you know what he said in an interview over the weekend? Sonoda actually described himself as passing through Formula One. There's a man that really thinks he belongs somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, in, he's in an Alpha Tory. It's not really something you can expect to get, you know, earn your pension with. Yeah, but that would be if you were passing through AlphaTauri, not through F1. All right, he's on the Red Bull program. It's not something you can you can expect to get a pension <laughs> out of. Yeah, but uh, Williams uh, in the race, Russell appeared to get some kind of pace and finished thirteenth. It's, it's it's not amazing, is it? You know. Now, this, then, time, this time last year, yes, it would have been amazing. Oh, yeah, well, come on. He's had a second already this year. <laughs> he's out-qualified Lewis Hamilton twice. Three times, in fact, if you include this weekend with a penalty. Yeah, yeah what's he had, like, four or five points finishes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, this, this, this just shows that Williams are not the team they were this time last year. Uh, you know, and, in a good way. Yeah, yes, not not the team that offered K. Mag George Russell's seat if he brought in enough funding. Unfortunately, K. Mag's book is only available in Danish at the minute, so um, <laughs> we're not going to be able to go into any more detail unless an English translation comes out or somebody from Denmark wants to do an English translation and send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyone got Lars Ulrich's phone number? Uh, if I did, I would have deleted it by now. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct answer. <laughs> uh, where are we next? Right, Alfa Romeo. That was um, that was a fun and interesting packed weekend for them. As fun is Giovinazzi gone? I th- what's what's he done to keep himself there? Not enough, I would say, probably. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm inclined to agree. I would have also accepted silence. But... <laughs> yeah. Also, the, uh, the 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 Chinese Alfa Romeo dealer welcoming Guang Yuzhou to the team probably didn't help. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think all the signs are there that um, Formula One will be uh, man bunless next season, which is a shame because Brazil clearly loves Antonio Giovinazzi. There is, there's time. There's time before Brazil next year for someone to grow a man bun. My guess is Yuki Tsunoda. <laughs> <laughs> My guess is not Vettel. Although that would look oh, hilarious. It, it would do, yeah. It'd look amazing. I mean, Giovinazzi just kind of served to um, trip over people quite a bit. Or be trip, be there to be tripped over. And Kimmy, I don't know, is he phoning it in? Are we actually going to see him for the last three races of the season? Do you reckon it... Yeah, he, just, he, he looks like a guy that needs to retire. That's the thing. Hmm. You know, I remember just... the end, of, the end of like Damon Hill and stuff like that. And it's it's always horrible to watch when a driver hangs out for that extra season. And um, yeah, I hate to say, it, but it's been like watching Rossi, and, like watching Valentino Rossi in MotoGP this year. Yeah, I mean, well, this, I... this year has been Rossi's farewell tour, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But... The only the only thing I would say about Rossi is I feel I feel like it's slightly different because. He was never the same driver, a rider after after he broke his leg. Which time? Because the last time when he was on Ducati, I don't, I don't think he was the same rider since then. I think Ducati just broke him generally all round. Because probs, yeah. Going back to Kimi though, <laughs> who of course when he was with Ferrari, they used to have the tie up with Ducati at the time. Um. Yeah, Kimmy's... Reverse segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but try doing that on a segue. It's not fucking easy. You've got to hang on and lean backwards. <laughs> um, yeah, he's... I mean, he's not the kind of driver to have a, or the kind of person to have a farewell tour, is he? Well, the kind of farewell tour I can imagine Kimmy having, you ain't going to do it in the Middle East. No. Did anybody oh. see the uh, press conference? No. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen was in the press conference with Mick Schumacher and um, somebody asked Mick Schumacher, have you enjoyed racing against Kimi? And he didn't answer for like three or four seconds and Kimi just went, good answer. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's the the Kimi will miss. That's ace. Not the pootling round at the back, squabbling for thirteenth place. Mm. It'd be interesting to see how, how he would have been. If I mean, obviously, I don't think he 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 probably didn't really deserve a better car. But if the Alfa Romeo had been a better car, mm. it would have been interesting to see where he would have ended up. Because given the fact that Kimi only really likes getting in cars, 
and driving. You know, it's 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 what he's all about. He's you know we know he doesn't like enjoy the politics and everything else that comes with Formula One. Um, I can't think that if it was up to Kimi, I think he would probably like to do another year to see what the new cars are like next year. And uh, yeah, I think I think if if he'd have done if he'd have had a slightly better car, I wonder whether he could have got the results to keep him in Formula One for that extra year. Yeah, maybe. Mm, poss- possibly. I mean, the the state of, the state of the team as well with the um, with the uncertainty over whether Andretti were buying it or uh, or not can't have helped. Mm. Um, you also got to wonder how how early. Alpha, probably Alpha Romeo, I'm talking about here, um, how quickly they stopped developing this car. We know Haas did, just didn't develop the car. The car that they've got now is the car that they left you know, round one with in Bahrain. Um, Williams did a few upgrades. We don't know anything really about Alpha Romeo, how far they went. You know, Did they just stop at some point and go, fuck it, wait till next year? I feel they'd be on a similar path to Haas. You know, not quite as extreme, but yeah, I reckon yeah, once it was, it was obvious. I reckon once Williams started picking up points fairly regularly, they'll have probably thought, oh, "All right, feck this." Then, yeah, we're not we're not going to not going to beat them now. Let's work on beating them next year. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, I suppose the thing would have been Belgium if there was if there was any updates given to um, them after Belgium. Then the, you know there was clearly after Williams had such a good yeah. good showing. That was the time to probably stop, anyway. Yeah, I mean Belgium really showed Williams' race pace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aston Martin, Seb in eleventh, and Stroll DNF. Was that aero damage in the end, or was it something else? I think, I think it, it was damage to the floor, wasn't it? Yeah. Because mm. bits of, bits of Stroll's car were still falling out of Sonoda's car ten minutes later. And was the, the other, other way, way round. round. Oh, was it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it was uh, Sonoda who lost his front wing into the side of Stroll. Mm. Oh, because I, th- I I thought the bit I thought there was bits of um, bits of Sonoda's car stuck in Stroll's car where Sonoda put them. P- possible. Whose whose parts ended up exactly where? Yeah, I, think I mean the, we, this we this, this wasn't trading paint. This was trading carbon fiber. <laughs> yeah, no, he did actually leave an Alpha Tauri. Um, piece of, of branded yeah. carbon fibre on the Aston Martin there, there for was about a bit five where, laps. Yeah, they, they, where Stroll was like shedding bits and you could see that they were navy bits, not green bits. <laughs> <clears throat> but I mean, that that sort of compromised Stroll's race, but he didn't have, he wasn't in the best position to begin with because of, uh, sort of lousy timing, qualifying and, and the sprint. Yeah, he was out in Q1, which he was very angry about. Uh, and also... Um, I, I know it was the accident was Tsunoda's fault, but at the same time, that's old Lance Stroll not checking his mirrors again. And if he'd qualified oh, better, he I, wouldn't have been there. I don't think Lance had anything to do with that. He didn't have to... If he checked his mirrors, he'd known there was a car on his inside. I mean, yeah, Tsunoda probably shouldn't have put himself there. And, yeah. and it's it's totally on Tsunoda to, yeah. to, because... That you know that gap is always going to shrink, and uh, you're you're not getting through. Um, but yeah, uh, Stroll could have avoided it as well. Uh, I I'm not sure. I I feel that Stroll was 
he was he was committed to going into the corner. He had every right to take the racing line. Um, yeah, you know, there, there was no there was no way Sonoda was making that overtake. No, no, absolutely. No, I'm not saying that it was yeah. Stroll's fault, but I mean he yeah. he could have avoided it. I mean the the fact that maybe, the fact that maybe the, the fact that there were bits of AlphaTauri in the AlphaTauri front wing in the Aston Martin barge boards shows that Stroll definitely had the line going into that corner and had the track position. Yeah, and, he was definitely well ahead. Yeah. You know, all, you know, front wings. Don't... I will die on this hill. Stroll doesn't check his mirrors. <laughs> oh, fine. I, I'm 100 percent with you on the fact that Stroll doesn't check his mirrors, but that was still Sonoda's cock up. Yeah, no, it was he, absolutely. He doesn't need to check his mirrors. He has somebody to do that for him. <laughs> <laughs> Take my mirrors off. This will make me aero fast. <laughs> uh, and then Vettel in eleventh. Um, yeah, bit of a bit of a non-day for Seb. Little bit, yeah. Um, Aston Martin seems to have stalled a little bit, don't they, on their uh, their, their their charge. Early days, it looked like they were they were obviously they struggled like Mercedes did early on with the with the aero trim down, and then you know as the season went on, it looked like they were getting stronger, and now they're just not. So I, well, th- I think there's there's been an obvious cut off in development for them as yeah, well, hasn't there? It looks like so. it does look like it, yeah. Because um, they're still essentially on an evolution of two Mercedes ago, are they not? Yeah, this this yeah. this is still the 2019 Mercedes with a few more tweaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did did very much yeah. enjoy Vettel threatening to touch somebody? Uh, was it Lewis's front wing yeah. at the end? Yeah, that was yeah. very yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, because that would only be twenty five thousand euros for a front wing. <laughs> Yeah, that was. I don't, know, I don't know where he gets this tariff from. Can we can we find a full list of like price tags for what, how much you can find? <laughs> I, think said, much... I think he said maybe, didn't he? He said. Uh, he said uh, what is I'm it? Ten, touch ten grand if you touch the halo. Yeah. I'm gonna touch Hamilton's rear wing. He said, "Don't you dare! It's very expensive." He said, oh, "I'm only joking." I'm gonna touch his front wing instead. Maybe that's only twenty five k. I like Happy Seb. I like Happy Seb. It's not. It's been a long time, isn't it? Yeah. Well, this what this what I was going to say as far as the development uh, like thing for Austin Martin go is because they uh, they they all seem reasonably happy in there. You know, when you see Seb in interviews, mm-hmm. he's pretty happy. Lance Stroll seems pretty happy. So there's clearly something in the background there where the somebody's come to some sort of conclusion. That at least gives them hope for the future. So I still believe that they are the sleeper team for next year. It's like to properly pull a surprise. Yeah, they seem so just quietly confident in themselves at the minute, don't mm. they? Yeah. In terms of, of of teams that are quietly confident, I am a little worried that Ferrari appear to be be, be quite relaxed in the fact that they finished their car for next year. They don't need to do anything else anymore. <laughs> This is this is Ferrari confidence. Ferrari confidence is different to any other organization's quiet confidence, though, isn't it? It's one, it's quite loud, yeah. and two, you know that it's misplaced confidence because it's Ferrari. Right. <laughs> Ferrari have finished. Well, their, Ferrari have finished their car for next year, according to them. They are now um, rewriting the rules that they are going to give to the FIA to make sure that everything <laughs> that they've finished is going to be legal. 
Yeah, well, the, the thing is, if it's loud confidence, you know that Ferrari are going to be shit. If mm-hmm. it's if it's quiet confidence, Ferrari usually get it right. And we've not heard quiet Ferrari confidence for how long? Uh, a long time. <laughs> I was just going to say, I know we've sort of drifted offline a little bit, but uh, while we're on the subject of Aston Martin, what the hell's going on with Otmar? It's been officially denied that he's going to Alpine. Which is always a good sign. Yeah, not quite as officially denied as the other story, which we'll talk about in a bit. But it's, um, it's, yeah, Otmar himself denied. It wasn't like a statement put out by Aston Martin. It was Otmar himself saying, "No, look, these these just it's just false. It's not." He didn't say that it, it was you know conjecture or anything like that. I think he said it was speculative, but false, um, which is quite damning, almost. Yeah, the um, the major auto press this week. They're not having a good one for stories that aren't getting shot down within hours. <laughs> As we'll uh, as we'll discuss shortly, but yeah, of course, Alpine don't have a team principal as such, and haven't had all, haven't had all season. Um, Didn't what's his name? Dan, not Jerome D'Ambrosio. <laughs> uh, Davide, what? Davide, what's his face? That's it, Davide. Da- yeah, it does. The from, guy from, from the Moto GP. I was going to say Davide, yeah, yeah. Davide back to Moto GP, being his full name. Apparently. Oh, is he back to Moto GP? Apparently, this is why they're looking for. This is why they're looking to poach. I think it's Brivio. I think it ended in an O. We could just Google this to well, be fair rather than make, you know, making a tit of ourselves. Yeah. But... But, I don't know. The, being, a, being a tit has its benefits occasionally. Davide Brivio. But um, yeah, the, the rumour was that um, Otmar Schaffnauer, I always, I always struggle with that mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, was moving to Alpine. I always want to say Schnaff, like the cat from Thundercats. <laughs> he does look like Schnaff grew up. <laughs> but yeah, t- taking taking over the role to be um, Alpine's... <laughs> or, well, to be the Enstone team's first team principal since, um, since the fired Cyril. That's a worrying thought, isn't it? Where is Cyril? Did he just leave Formula One altogether? Did he get f- promoted into some kind of quiet back office job where he can't touch anything? Um, <laughs> let's have a look. He is just not in, not in Renault, not in the group. He has joined. Oh, oh, sorry, he is in the group. He's um, motorsport advisor for Mechachrome. I like, <laughs> I like you saying. I like you saying he's still in the group. It's like Cyril has left the chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, apparently, and Mechachrome is still a thing. Supplying engines to who? Uh, F two, I think. Yeah, they do some feeder series. Mm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure who they uh, who they supply. I'm going to, have to look this up. Aren't I? I think they do a few. Feeder series. I think they might do some of the, like the 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 regional F threes and that sort of ilk. Um, F two, F three, um, and they do a lot of work with Janetta as well. Yes. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Janetta needs someone to provide engines for them, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, they have a tendency not to make their own. 
Um, so yes, it's they are they are still a thing. So uh, yeah, that's that's where Cyril's gone, and and Artmar could be replaced replacing Davide Brivio at Alpine from next year, although it's been officially confirmed as false by Artmar himself. Mm. So expect an announcement tomorrow. Yeah, we need a Tuesday news story. And, of course, um, Aston have recently signed Martin Whitmarsh, who has team principal experience. Has this been officially confirmed now? What, that Martin Whitmarsh is there? Yes. Yeah, yes. Martin Whitmarsh is official. at Aston Martin. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. definitely at Aston Martin. But not at, he's factory-based, isn't he? He's not racetrack-based, I don't think. He's not even with the F1 team. He's Aston Martin Performance Technologies. Oh, so like the the WEC kind of yeah. aspect. Yeah, yeah, so fair he, he's going to be running GT cars, apparently. I'll For be now. surprised if he doesn't find his way to Formula One. Yeah, I'll it, be it's surprised. It's getting the right person in, isn't it? For for when yeah. you need them. And I'll be surprised if the Schnaffnauer rumours aren't true as well. Yeah, it might just be that he doesn't know yet. Or the or like contracts. Mm. Maybe Austin Martin don't don't want to. Uh, announce a new team principal halfway through a year or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. it would so. it would it would make sense if they're not firing somebody and they want somebody to sort of stay there till the end of the year for him to say no, he's not leaving. And then because don't forget this time last year Cyril wasn't leaving. Very true. Mm. Um, where are we next? Oh, I think the thing is as well. I think if I think if he is going, I don't think he's being fired. I think he's leaving. Yeah, I think so too. He's been in that team so long, and re- realistically, mm. um, it's it's a promotion because he, you know he's going to a works outfit. Well, Aston Martin's kind of a works outfit, but kind of a works outfit. S- still a customer team. I, I yeah. see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. The, he's going to a manufacturer works outfit. Mm-hmm. Well, let's face it. I mean, obviously they'll hopefully do better because it's a better team underneath. But all they've really done is what Lotus did. You now they've bought bought the Lotus name. Yeah, using and, someone uh, else's slapped engine it on the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do like having it on the grid. I would prefer prefer what's that fucking word? <laughs> I would prefer having uh, Aston Martin on the grid than I would have uh, Racing Point or fucking Force India. Yeah, yeah. It's got a bit more sort of prestige to it hasn't it yeah absolutely yeah Aston Martin. i was unsure about what they would do with the livery but i really like the livery so mm-hmm. yeah i do I'm, I'm i'm happy to see british racing green back on the grid you know i don't i don't think yeah. you know the K, the caterums all right the cars were dogs but they had british racing green on there which we'd not seen since jaguar <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. Technically speaking, not British Racing Green, but it's a good attempt. <laughs> yeah. What the Jaguar? Jag. No, the Aston Martin. It's it's a bit too shiny to be British Racing Green. I was going to say Jag, Jag definitely wasn't. Was it? No, because uh, the paint, the British Racing Green paint was too heavy. Yeah. That was that was I'm when sure I. Pay... I was going to say that was when well, I first I just... got got into the technical side of F one. Was like, they weigh the paint? Yeah, I, I'm sure paint technology's come on enough now that they could probably knock a British racing green out the right the right weight. If only, if, only, <laughs> if only we knew someone involved in the paint industry who'd know if paint technology's improved in the last 20 odd years. I've got fucking better things to do with my life than to fucking learn about how paint is made. 
Shall we talk about Alpha Tori instead? Why not? Well, they're yes, not next, let's. are they? Uh, no, they're not, actually. Yeah. <laughs> they aren't. No, they? let's not. We completely skipped McLaren. Um... Tenth, tenth place for Lando after um, an upsy downsy kind of yeah weekend. recovery after initial not so good. That's was weird. I thought because I thought it was totally Lando's fault hitting mm. Carlos Sainz because he chose to go the sort of the, Onto you know, the, the really narrow route. Yeah, yeah. He, cho- he chose to take the narrow route, but then Sainz on the radio kind of made it sound like it was his fault. Like I had nowhere to go. Like. You, you did. Yeah. The corner was left, and Lando was on your right. Was he so, just a bit after the race? Was he just yeah. a bit sad because it was his friend? Possibly, but <laughs> it, to me, I'd have just been like, I mean, I'm no offense, but I mean, if Lee cuts across me in a in a, in a carton race and and then cuts his tire, I'd be like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm sure no, you do the same to me. I, you know. I, I'd have stopped the car to make sure you were all right. We will try and arrange for this this kind of thing to happen next summer. Yes, that would be <laughs> awesome. Yeah, um, it, it, yeah was, it was a daft uh, move. I, he had, I don't think it was daft. It just because I mean he just moved in a little. But I, I think it was Lando's fault as well. Yeah, Sainz got a bad start. Yeah, and I think he just turned in a little bit too early. I think if he'd have a few, like a second later before and not turning in, it would have been a really good move. You know, that saw him go past at least one Ferrari, possibly putting him in position to get the next Ferrari on the entry to turn two. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. I mean, you know, it, what happened happened, and he—I think his recovery drive. If you look at the cars that he passed on his on his way from the end of lap one, nearly being a lap down mm. to um, you know finishing tenth, um, they were the cars he was going to pass. I don't think he would have got much further up than that anyway. No, I think uh, I, I think he'd have been. I, th- I think he probably would have finished ahead of the Ferraris as well because it's they didn't <laughs> have done. like. Yeah, I don't think they had quite the pace. I, I see that as in, like, I don't think one of the Ferraris could have done what Lando did, you know, if if the same thing had happened. Hmm. Oh, Chris, if you've stopped following the text commentary, it's now nine nil. Oh, I, it was it was seven last time I looked. <laughs> <laughs> it is a ten man San Marino. Mister Rossi has been sent off. Oh no, Valentino, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> as it turns out, it was Francis. Ah, Francis Rossi. <laughs> He does not like that. <laughs> and then uh, Danny Rick with a DNF. He he was look he was looking strong, but what the hell happened to the car? I I missed it completely. Um, engine power unit just ceased, um, and he kind of just engine limped, failure. Yeah, limped uh, home. Oh, grid penalties next uh, next week then. And still a dodgy Mercedes engine situation. Mm. Yeah, but that means if he does replace the engine, he'll get the new, um, the new stonkingly great spec, powerful one. Oh, he could be a ringer for the last uh, last three races. Yeah. That could be quite fun. Yeah, I w- will leave it until we get to uh, further up the grid. But there was another Mercedes runner that I think might have engine troubles going into the next couple of races. Who's that? I will leave it until we get to yes, them. Yes, you mentioned oh, it in the I, chat yeah, yesterday. Yes, talk. yes, mm. we know. We know yeah. who it is. Oh yes. Um, right now, you know, when you look at all the other teams we've got to talk about and how many of them are Mercedes powered, 
there can be only two. Yes. <laughs> I wish I wish Highlander had stuck with that. <laughs> I wish Highlander had stuck with the first one, and that was it. Actually, there can be only one film, and we'll never do a sequel. It should have been written into the fucking contract. I liked the TV series. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> Nobody's saying um, anything. No. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Right. Now we'll talk about Alpha Tori. Um, Sonoda. Yeah. Were they the most binary team, pretty much? Um, taking, taking DNFs out of, the, uh, out of the equation, yes. Yeah. Um, Sonoda was rubbish. Gasly was once again brilliant. Hmm. You don't get much more binary than that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, Sonoda is just... I'm, I'm going to go for an enigma. It can be blisteringly quick or worryingly stupid. Yeah. He's had one good race all year. I mean, he's had a few good... His qual- first race. He's had a few good qualifying sessions where he didn't put it in the wall. Mm. I, th- I, 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 he's I, been better since since Alex Alban has become his dad. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> he's, he's been better, but I, I don't know the at at the risk of um at the risk of generalizing people, it's the there does seem to be a theme that comes along with Japanese drivers in Formula One where they show signs of speed and then just sort of drift off somewhere. I, I don't know quite what it is. Yeah, but you can also say that about anybody on the Red Bull Junior program. Well, I mean, they're, they're clearly murdered. But the, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the flavour no, of the month the and then they as, run out. In the same way as Finnish drivers seem to have like a... a set formula they come to formula one in as well as being like quite quiet but fucking mega fast when you want them to be um yeah i don't know what it is maybe maybe that he just didn't get the right car but um what the uh benetton yeah, alongside the... michael schumacher in um 94? no yeah yeah it, it was the wrong car it wasn't michael schumacher's one <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I I have absolutely no hope for um, uh, for Yuki Tsunoda. I think he's had a terrible year in, in AlphaTauri. I don't think he deserves to have another year in Formula One, and he seems to have one. Well, he's got a contract for next year. That was going to be the next question. Do we think he'll see it out? Is um, is Helmet going to um, going to go all Helmet again? Depends on Liam Lawson, doesn't it? And um, Yuri Vips as well, if he's still floating around in FT. Mm. He's uh, starting to outstay his welcome, though, isn't he, as a a Red Bull junior? He's been junior for too long now. Yeah, he got shafted by COVID because he, after he was very good in F3, rather than going into F2, he was going to do Japanese Super Formula and then got um, stuck because of quarantine and border restrictions and whatnot so he ended up in like what you call it european formula regional championship which is just the ridic- most ridiculous name for a thing ever um 
and it only ended up back in F2 because I think someone lost their sponsorship. So he had a bit of a a bit of a merry-go-round. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, you're, you're saying, uh, I think... saying he's been there a while. I think he's only he's only about sort of twenty. It's just that he's been with them since he was think, thirteen. I think it was twelve or thirteen when he joined. Yeah, Yuri Vips is a name that's been around for a while, and generally names don't stick around a while in Red Bull AlphaTauri unless you are going into Formula One. Yeah. Um, the other thing we've got to take into account is is how much Honda are still involved helping Red Bull out during the tra- during the changeover, mm. and how much keeping Honda happy might be advantageous for them at the moment. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that Sonoda is in the seat because of uh, what's in the back of the car. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that's why he's got another season next year. Yeah. Because like, like I say, I think there's a... Yeah, because I, 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 don't get me wrong, I know uh, Mazepin's had a terrible year. I think Mick Schumacher has had a fairly terrible year as well. But they're, um, they're only there because of what's on the car. You're Alkaline yeah, yeah. one and one. <laughs> but the but the only the only thing is as well, there's a very good possibility that they're only where they are because of what the car is. You know, is it that car mm. is fucking awful and I don't I don't think it's good enough to judge anybody by. Um whereas Sonoda's got a really good car. You know, he's got a, he's got a car on its day. Which is the match for a Ferrari or a McLaren? Doesn't do it quite as consistently over the course of the year, but he has definitely been in a car which was capable of proper high-end points, and more often than not, he's blown it. Yeah, because I mean, you know, Gasly finished ahead of both Alpines. Yeah, he tried his Gasly hardest not race, to with Ocon though. Last year, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gasly won a race last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Gasly was on the podium in, in just, Brazil just last time. Meh. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just a bit of a. It, it just seems a waste. I think that's the big thing. Like I, I don't, I don't really care about um, Mazepin or Schumacher whether they deserve to be in Formula One at the moment because it doesn't really matter. But it seems like a waste of a seat. An Alpha uh, Alpha Tari. When half, of, you know, when one half of the team is responsible for well more than half the points, yeah, then you know there's there's got to there's got to be some uh, there's got to be some questions asked. Which you, well, even even when you've got uh, Alban, you've got Alban that sat off. Yeah, yeah, well, you got Alban which they stuck in Red Bull to his you know to his demise. Um. I'd have rather see Albon in a, in an AlphaTauri this year. It's it's you know it's just good for him that he's managed to get himself in a Williams next year, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, things could have been different. We could have been looking forward to Sonoda starting in the Williams alongside Latifi next year and been all excited about it. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's a thought. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that a replacement for George Russell. He is not. <laughs> For starters, the height difference. 
Yes. That, that I could not get two drivers more. <laughs> He's about three quarters of a George. <laughs> oh, although while we're on Alpha Tori, there was a uh, amusing moment when Sky were doing their post-race interviews and they immediately had on the same fixed dandy-uppy mic stand um, Toto Wolf, followed by Pierre Gasly, who is not much taller than Yuki Sonoda. Oh, God. Uh, that was some adjustments that had to be made because, yeah, Toto yes. and Gasly are not the same height. No. Isn't the tallest tallest driver at the moment is uh, is Esteban Ocon? I think it is. Yes, that rings a bell. Yeah, because it 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 was Hulk, wasn't it? Because six foot four, I believe Hulk is the same height as I am. What a crazy height for a fucking driver! You six (laughs) foot four, are you? Yeah, yeah. Mental. Yeah, so I'd be the same height. So it was when I saw that thing on Twitter a while ago. It was like, how many drivers are you taller than? I was like, uh, all of them. <laughs> I must be slightly taller than I thought then, because I thought I was six foot one. I don't think you're a clear three inches taller than me. <laughs> no, I've always thought you were pretty tall. According to get... according to first article I found by googling, um, Ocon, Russell, Latifi, and Giovinazzi are all six one. Oh, okay. So yeah, then they're all the the tallest level tallest driver. Although although they it's do list have so many tall drivers. They list Ocon as one eight six, um, whereas the other three are one eight five. So he must be a slightly taller what six one. Mm. So there I, I have the, I still have the text the the, the texting on, and it's now ten. Blimey. Um, so R.I.P. <laughs> San Marino football. Bloody hell. Uh, so yeah, Gasly. Um, just I've said well, I've said this before, but just the, just the getting on with it and doing it. Because there was uh, no particular dramas. Yeah, I don't remember much of his race as such, aside from I think a bit of a Gasly might be the strongest driver of the year. Yeah, you had a little <laughs> bit of a sort of not even that close, really, just a hard fought couple of corners with Ocon. Mm. But, and yeah. they'd, they'd like work of him in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he finished ahead of both Alpines. He yeah. finished behind both Ferraris, which is fine, because, let's be honest, he finished behind both Ferraris, both Mercedes, both Red Bulls. Oh no, what a shit race Pierre Gasly just had. <laughs> you know? Congratulations on winning the Formula 1.5 trophy for this race. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> Norris may have finished ahead of him had he not had that first lap puncture. But I mean, we just don't know. I mean, you got to, you got to, you know, stay out of trouble in order to get the results. And Gasly did exactly that yet again. Uh, just stayed out of trouble, and and I don't know how another team hasn't come along for him and gone. This guy, we want him. Here's lots of money. Uh, leave Red Bull. The problem is, what what team would do it, and what team would be an advance for him? Uh, I don't know about an advance, but just anything outside of the Red Bull program, where he's clearly not going to get another chance in that Red Bull team now, unless unless they bin Perez off for some unknown reason. I um, I, I still think um, he is number one for Alonso's seat when he retires. Yeah, I think Alpine would be a good shout. Uh, I think if things turn nasty at Ferrari and they don't actually show any sign of turning nasty at Ferrari, but the, I think Gasly's the best shout for you know that that seat. Um, I, I it's, don't it's, think it's Ferrari that could change within the hour. 
if Hamilton retires at Mercedes, it wouldn't be remiss of them to overlook Gasly. You know what I mean? Like, like they, they would have to look at him uh, as a potential replacement because, you know, otherwise it's Esteban Ocon. Or Stoffel. You've also got... Mm. Yeah, no, not Stoffel. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've also got the, the new rules to think of as well. I always think that when you have big changes, and right, realistically, I don't, I don't think we've seen much bigger changes than what's going on next year. No, it's it, the biggest change since since forever. Yeah. So, it, but what that does, like when I always talk about Formula One coming to different drivers, it gives somebody the opportunity to become undeniable. You know, to to just like, well, this is where I am. And now you come to me and talk to me about where you want me to go. So, it, like for someone like Gasly, who's sort of rebuilt himself, if he happens to end up being in a in Formula One when Formula One comes towards him. Yeah, it's he. He's one of the guys where I think you could, you could see yeah. having a much better future than we possibly imagined for him. Yeah. Well, two two three years ago, he was uh, there wasn't a future for him. No, no, no. <laughs> see, I, I think the same about um, Alex Albon as well. Like, I I do think when you look at um, how everybody else that's gone into that um, Red Bull has struggled, and it's not even just the fact of. Perez, for instance, coming to terms with the car, um, Red Bull have actually changed the car to help Perez come to terms with it. Red Bull have realized they've been making some fucking massive mistakes with their number two drivers. Um, so I, I I think when you look back at his first year, you know, when he was in, well, Toro Rosso would have been then, wasn't he? And Albon looked every bit as good as like a Charles Leclerc or something like that or of Carlos Sainz. So I, I see no reason why, come next year, in a half-competitive Williams, why he couldn't be one of the guys that starts like hunting down one of the bigger seats. Yeah, yeah that, quite think, likely. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the potential's definitely there for him to do it. Mm. That'd be, um, I... It would be interesting to see. Sorry, Chris. You yeah, sounded like you're about to say something. Start saying something. No, I was gonna. I was gonna go off on a tangent, but I can leave it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, it's it's no, no, ta- tangent ta- away. Tangent away. It's what we're here for. Oh, okay. It's what I we just, do. Uh, I'm just. I'm keeping one eye on the uh, the England San Marino match, and it's ten nil to England, and it says five minutes remaining. A long way back for San Marino. <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit. Incidentally, though, Scotland are beating Denmark. Oh, fair dues. Oh, wow. That's reasonable. And Switzerland uh, are uh, uh, possibly knocking it. Well, not knocking Italy out, but giving Italy a headache at the moment. Missing a decent night's worth of football. We better carry on talking. Talking about Formula One. Yeah, better carry on talking and making this worthwhile. (laughs) Right. Um, We're only. uh... Incidentally, Bet365 currently offering odds of 300. And one to one on San Marino winning the England game. That's too short. <laughs> it does feel a bit, that, that, uh, a bit like a waste of a pound that there. Is, that is Sonoda short. <laughs> uh, Alpine then. Ocon in eighth, Alonso in ninth. Um, first first thing you said about Alonso, Sean, during the race was, uh, yeah. oh good, he's carrying on the battle with um, trying to kill an Alfa Romeo. Yeah, he was scrappy early on with them, wasn't he? I mean, he left them behind, obviously, but... Um... Yeah, Albozzi Alonso has been out the last couple of races. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were well solid, the Alpines. I thought I don't know if anybody else spotted it, but they did a really, really quick pit stop as well. I think it was like 2.2 um, on the pit stops. So, you know, fair play to them. They're, they're, 
they have to be the most improved team, are they? Would you say this year, like yeah. so, since the beginning of the season up to where they are now? Them on Williams, definitely. Yeah, Williams has been been on it. It's been let's be honest. It's been mainly George Russell, and it's been promising from the beginning hasn't it but alpine looked like they might be fighting at the back and it's just like what is with that fat air box and then all of a sudden they're, they're actually uh you know produce they've got a race win they're producing some pretty decent results um you know are they gonna poach otmar from from aston martin maybe um they, they they're ambitious because they don't think that this this um charge towards the front of the grid has has gone quick enough for them um they want to speed it up so that's why that's why the 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 poaching story came about fair play to them they are working hard and it's kind of working a little bit for them yeah it's it's the usual thing with the endstone team though isn't it? It, it it goes in waves and at the moment they're on and up and Unfortunately, when the Enstone team run are down, it's usually because Renault's decided to, uh, oh, no, we're leaving Formula 1. We're not getting enough out of it. Can uh, they just call themselves Benetton again and just see what happens? <laughs> just, just, do it, just do it in strict rotation. Yeah. <laughs> just do absolutely nothing new to the car. Repaint it and rebrand it Benetton. I'm like, I don't understand. It's like a second and a half quicker. <laughs> <laughs> again, we're back to paint weights. <laughs> yeah, um I mean Ocon is definitely definitely uh definitely much improved from the start of this season because he he looked like he was he was a bit rattled by Alonso. Early. Did he not win uh, like the second or third race of the season? Ocon won in Hungary. Was it Hungary? Was it that late? I could have sworn it was early. Yeah, yeah. Wow. After Bottas the bowling ball. Hamilton took the start all by himself, and, yeah. and then when they all when they all got in out of the pit head... lane, Ocon, Ocon kept Vettel behind him the whole time. Yes. No, yeah. in my head, it was a few races earlier, but there no, we go. That, that was that was the end. It's been a long season. That was the end of July, but um, yeah, the, it's they had a they had a bloody solid one this weekend. Mm. More than we can say. <laughs> <laughs> I was fine. That was that was that was fine by late Sunday. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was it was a good it was a good solid performance, and can't wait to see what uh, what they've got in store for next year. Because again, with an unchanged lineup, you know, are they? Um, yeah. Uh, going back to what Lee said, it's it's the whole changing of the formula thing, is it? It's it's going to be whoever gets it the rightest. You know, lots of teams can get it right. But who finds that little extra bit that that pushes them way out in front of everyone else? It could well be Alpine. We don't we don't know. It's a total reset, more than any other total reset we've ever had before. So it's it is impossible to tell. But I mean, the Enstone team are not incapable of doing it. No, I mean we you know we've um, we've seen them go from zero to hero several times. Mm. And back again, and, yeah. <laughs> and then shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, could be. Almost, almost definitely, yeah. Yeah, could, as, as as long as I've hidden the ammunition this time, then um, I think the rest of the season should play out for them pretty well as well. Because that that car that car is quick. 
and if speed's going to matter at these next next three tracks then you know i think there's the there's the potential for good performances because we could see them put in um certainly putting aston martin in the place and fighting with alfatori mclaren and ferrari as well unless ferrari are all the way out front because they finished their car first yeah, well, yeah, but you're—they may have finished their car first, but to finish first, first you must be Ferrari. You're assuming they've done a good job. I'm not assuming anything. <laughs> it's Ferrari. I'm just, you're I'm just, dead. I'm just, rela- I'm just relating what Ferrari is saying. <laughs> In that case, shoot the messenger on their uh, fifth and sixth places. No, that's a positive result. Do you not think for for Ferrari? I think it is. Um, they, they were never going to cha- they were never going to challenge the top four without something bizarre happening. Like I don't know one of the, one of the top four having to drop down to twentieth because they got disqualified from qualifying. Oh, <laughs> 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 and then maybe making things up in the sprint, but having to start tenth and then uh, oh. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that is a good good result for Ferrari. That that may well be where both cars should have finished. Because that you know they had the third fastest car this week. That is a loud. She purr. is she is purring quite loudly near to a microphone. They've um, all but nailed their third in the championship, really, haven't they? Now, yeah, we've got some fast circuits coming up, which is where McLaren would have the upper hand over the last part of the season. But I mean, it doesn't. It appears like Ferrari have just closed that gap, haven't they? Since mm. the season's been been going on and on. And uh, it doesn't matter what circuits you go to, Ferrari have just just eek, gone, sort of squeaked ahead, and now they're eking it out, just you know, piece by piece. Well, I mean, I think it's it's more it's more and more evident just what Danny Rick's early season like slump has cost McLaren, isn't it? You know, I, I know I said a few times, didn't I, through the season that he, he was hemorrhaging them points. Um, you know, it's Ferrari going to win that. Are going to win that? They've had pretty equal cars all year, but somewhere along the lines, McLaren had a fucking one-two. Yeah, yeah. It's still, um, still the only team with one. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With with three races to go, <laughs> and um, it's they're, they're the only team with a one-two. But Sainz has taken to that Ferrari much better than Ricardo's taken mm-hmm. to that McLaren. Definitely, and I think that is what long term going back to what Lee was saying then that's what's going to going to probably win them third place mm. yeah having having two drivers that know how the car works um intimately is um, you know it's it's a massive advantage I'm, spe- I'm you know I'm stating the obvious here yeah um but I mean go, going on this weekend's performances um Ferrari you either expect to you don't expect them to just be there at the start and be there at the end. There's all, there's always some element of Ferrari in it. You know, there was no drama. They didn't get the strategies wrong. They, you know, didn't cheat. There, there was nothing especially Ferrari about this weekend, and yet here they are. With it does feel more stable. Finish. Yeah, it does feel more stable. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think that might be something that's been brought along with the driver lineup. Yeah, they're they're not a they're not a dramatic driver driver pairing. No, 
No, and I thought they would be tripping over themselves. I mean, they are close in the championship, but they seem to be getting on okay with the fact that they are so close. Um, you know, the, the team haven't had to separate them and put them on mixed strategies so they're not on the same piece of track until the end of the race. Was it last, yeah. was it last week they were on the same bit of track? I think one had fresher tyres, they swapped, didn't happen, they swapped back. Yeah. And there didn't seem to be any drama about yeah. it. They were, getting a, they were getting a bit racy with each other on lap one, but that's what happens. Yeah, team teammates should be allowed to race. But, yeah, um, I, I always thought that this, this Sainz-Leclerc pairing, I thought there's, there's no way that, that Ferrari got a number two Charles Leclerc and Sainz isn't going to be the kind of driver who wants to be a number two. Mm-hmm. So I always thought it was going to end in tears, but it isn't. And I wonder how much of that is down to Mattia Bonotto and his, let's be honest here, incredibly quiet style of management. I can't remember the last time I saw him. When was the last time you had a drama at Ferrari, which wasn't <laughs> which which wasn't related to the engines in twenty nineteen? Mm. But yeah, you mm. just don't Ferrari seem to Ferrari. see him sort of posturing about the place like you do a Toto or a Christian Horner or, or a Andreas Seidel. You just don't see him very often. But they're kind of not in it, are they? Well, they're yeah, as they're, in it as McLaren the... are, and we see Seidel all the time. I suppose so, but I, I, but as far as like driver management goes as well, I think the when you've got two drivers which seem so closely matched as Science and mm. um, Charles Leclerc are, I think if you've got a slightly better, more competitive car, uh, that's they, they they're gonna have issues with each other sooner or later. Excuse me. Maybe we'll see that next year with this already completed twenty twenty two car. Maybe. Especially if it's a <laughs> if it's a flyer. Mm. I can't. I, I still. I still can't believe they've actually said, "Oh, they're done for next year now." If it's good, how long do you give it before someone protests it and it's illegal and they're back in midfield? <laughs> Less time than it took you to say that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose when you think about it, I wonder how they go about making these cars because. They've no real world data about what they're gonna be like on the track. The um, so th- so they're building cars using like loads of sim work as, uh, as well. Wind so maybe there is a point where yeah, maybe there is a point when when you've got no previous data to go off that's really relevant that you hit a development wall and it's like, well, look, guys, we've got we've got all these ideas, but we don't really know what's gonna work until we get one of these fuckers on the track. That could that could be the case. Um, it's it's interesting that um, the first three days of testing in Barcelona aren't going to get shown on TV this year uh, next year. Is that because the cars that are going to be running will bear little resemblance to the cars that are running at the next test, which is the week before the um, before the Bahrain Grand Prix? Money saving, isn't it, or something? Is that what they said? It's to do with with, with saving money on on broadcasting rights. Um, didn't didn't see that. I I just uh, the the article that I read said that um, they want to do a big push to get everyone watching testing at Bahrain because it's going to be better. Um, okay, you you can't know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's why I'm thinking is it is it going to be a case of everyone's going to test the test the new cars that all oh, right yeah they're built by then. Uh, although apparently Williams won't be turning up to the Barcelona test. We've heard this one before, haven't we? Yes. And we all know how that one went. Um, 
thing is, you can't not turn up at the at the at the test for 2022 with a 2022 car. You have to have that car ready to go because any other car is not legal. <laughs> that's that's the thing. So from that, we can take that Williams are cutting it very fine to the last minute. I know we've used the excuse before; it never harmed Braun. But, yeah, that was a. But this ain't 2009 anymore. No, no, and that was a bit of a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just I just wonder if there's going to be sort of wholesale changes to all the cars between Barcelona and Bahrain tests. It depends how far. And that and that's each, why yeah the team goes yeah you know the finish the finish the car now for the Barcelona spec, um but. The only the only way that they can do any more development on is actually find out how it runs on a real road and then go back and change everything. Mm. Yeah, I don't know purely, purely purely conjecture, but it's good to start a new conspiracy. Uh, right, <laughs> top two top two teams because I think I think everything fits together here. It does. Before we do top two teams, are we gonna are we gonna talk about a McLaren Audi afterwards or just do it now because we didn't talk about it when McLaren were, were a thing. Well, there's nothing to talk about because it's been officially denied that Audi have bought McLaren today. And I think it has actually been officially denied, not like F1 officially denied. That was like, oh, yeah, McLaren was seeking denial. to have, yeah, seeking <laughs> to have the story removed. Uh-huh. That that is not that it's is like that, that one is... stage short of our lawyers are talking to your lawyers. Basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't know who got wind of that, but it sounds like somebody got wind that somebody in Audi went to McLaren and <laughs> oh fuck, no, Audi are not buying McLaren. I can't um, remember what the no the thing is. I can't remember what the wording was. Um, and I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can find it because I still should have. The I mean, it was like it's like the the story's wholly inaccurate. I think it was, mm. but it was uh, to me reading it. It felt like. A, a non-denial denial, if you know what I mean. You know, it's it's not like yeah. saying say, no. There's absolutely no chance we're getting we're, we're getting so blah blah blah. Um, it, it, it yeah, I I I read it odd. I don't I don't know why there was something there was something in it that it it felt a bit like word salad reading it, and I, you know I didn't. I don't think it, they meant their words. I think they were quite. You know, this is not happening. It it didn't well. See, that's I read it thinking mm, that's. I mean, is it does it does this suggest that maybe somebody had got like got information that wasn't right and if they haven't been sold to Audi but they're in talks with like uh, investment or potential buyout. They were being I, linked I to BMW w- earlier in the weekend, mm. so there's obviously there might be someone sniffing around. Yeah. But it yeah, BMW like only deal. wanted to buy BMW only wanted to buy the automotive part of the uh-huh. the group, didn't they? I see. And yeah, so that's where the whole group thing came from, I think. But I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, let's say Mc- McLaren do get sold. I mean, what what does you know? You can't get rid of the McLaren as a as a brand or as a Formula One team. No, but if they start making their own engines, what do you what do you call it in them? Uh, McLaren Audi, McLaren Bugatti. Ooh. That'd be cool. No, 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 no. McLaren, McLaren, McLaren make their own engines for their cars anyway. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, not Lamborghini again because we all remember Lamborghini in Formula One. Well, we don't. <laughs> Sorry, Lamborghini DM, DNPQ to give it yes. its full title. Is that better? Yes. 
Um, so yeah, the McLaren statement was uh, McLaren. Uh, McLaren's technology strategy has always involved ongoing discussions and collaboration with relevant partners and suppliers, including other car makers. However, there has been no change in the ownership structure of the McLaren Group. So, Autosport now seems Auto to be touted on the Autosport article oh. about how wrong the Autocar one was. They are now saying that there potentially is a Audi McLaren f1 partnership being lined up for 2026 when the engine regs are currently scheduled to change mm-hmm. right it was a uh, is that in the same story it, that vw were looking at putting in the team as well oh that's all part of the same mm. group isn't it yeah yeah um there was another one as well the uh the spectator their like news like daily news feed had reported on it as well what were they saying? Just that just the, they talked about the buy-in, that there's been mm. rumours and talks that the Audi were buying McLaren. Mm. If McLaren's not a publicly listed company, is it? It's um, privately mm-hmm. Most Mostly so. Bahraini royal family, some Latifi dad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it would be... And probably a handful of Toto as well. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> possibly, yeah. It wouldn't have to be in the news before it was confirmed, would it? Because that would, if it's a publicly owned company, you have to mm-hmm. publicly state that you're in take in a takeover before you can get taken over. Yeah, no. If it's a if it's a private limited company, then you can do um, you can do what the hell you want, basically. Pretty much, you know. Business podcast, everyone. <laughs> it, would, it would be nice. It would be nice for McLaren to be owned by a like a manufacturer you know it's i know i know they they are sort of they are their own works team but it would be nice to uh if if their money and investment came from somebody that was invested in motorsport not somebody that's invested in a million other things all around the world like toto like toto (laughs) as far as i can tell toto currently does not own any shares in mclaren Puts them, probably puts them in a minority on the grid. <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking doubt it. He I, might I'm not all... own any shares in McLaren, but do his management team not have a stake in the... Lando Norris? Oh, possibly. Possibly. Yeah, there are a number of companies that are blatant, sort of limited, hide who's actually really involved type things. He could be one of those, for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> I heart Susie W Limited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are, um, chances are he owns the back tire of your car. <coughs> Who, Toto Wolf? Yeah. Well, no, I drive an Alfa Romeo. He I, definitely I, doesn't I drive any a Hyundai. He'll have some <laughs> investment in it. <laughs> right, top two teams, starting with uh, Checo in fourth with the fastest lap. Um, I, th- I think Red Bull did the right thing pitting him because there was no way that he was going to catch Bottas. He was running. Perez, was, no. Yeah, he was running out. Of, he was running out of laps. <laughs> I think he needed. He had, a, he had a full. He had a full pit stop behind him anyway. So I mean, to take the point away from Lewis and away from Mercedes was the right thing for Red Bull to do. Yeah. Um, Mercedes would have and have had done you know the same thing previously. So well, they had yeah, two, they, totally. They had two girls at it last time out. Yes. Yeah. 
yeah, sorry we didn't get to review Mexico. It was dull. Shit happened. But Bottas had three pit stops to try and make up. Sorry, two pit stops to try and make the fastest lap. He succeeded in the end. Uh, the end. Terrible race. I don't think it was terrible. It was okay. It was, was yeah. Was it was. It was bored. It was kind of meh. I already can't really remember what happened. Uh, there was a DJ that played to a disinterested crowd on the podium. Lots nearly happened. <laughs> yes, that's exactly the type of race it was. Yeah, something nearly went on. Just, <laughs> just I, when we thought it was about to get started, it didn't. Yeah. And I argued with Tiffany Dell again. Oh, well, that was probably more interesting than the race. And he retweeted my tweet to him, and I got lots of hate. I think <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was quite funny. Yeah, he he said the F one was boring. He said he forgot how boring F1 can be with these heavyweights in it. So I, I tweeted him back within like 40 seconds of him yeah. doing the tweet. I'm just stop watching it then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. But if you're complaining about it, but then I got lots of hate people saying, oh, but he does a sports podcast. How can he How can he possibly do a podcast if he hasn't watched the race? I was like, snap. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, not every race is going to be a classic. It doesn't help if if big names, notable names, people whose names are known to be attached to motorsport, go on social media and go, "Oh, this is boring. It's rubbish." Uh. But yeah, yeah, that's going to help. That's going to help improve the sport. Remind me how good fucking touring cars are now. Hang on. This, yeah. is, this, this is Tiffany <laughs> Dell who. Um... Well, att- oh, I don't want to attempted with to, him. Attempted to race in. <laughs> attempted to race in two Grand Prix. He did race, didn't he? Didn't he? he raced in Belgium and then somewhere else, I think. Um, he retired. He retired in Belgium in 1980 and DNQ'd in Monaco um, the following uh, the following week. Belgium and then Monaco. What a strange calendar. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's he's yeah. Ra- you know he's raced in Formula One in 1980. So therefore he has been around Formula One for you know, at least 41 years. So he knows that every, surely he should know that every race isn't going to be a classic. No, well, that's, that's all the point I was trying to make is not every race is going to be a classic. Um, although I think we are in for an end of a classic season that's going on between, um, you know, Max and Lewis, Red Bull and Mercedes. I really don't know which way it's going to go. Like I said earlier, but yeah, I didn't want to start a war with the man. Just, uh, disagree, totally disagree with what he said. So listeners should um, go and start I a war think... with him instead. Don't start a war with Tiffany Dell. <laughs> uh, I mean, generally speaking, he's okay. I just didn't agree with what he said. For the bants, if you want to, start, just don't start a war with our names. <laughs> start a war without telling him why. <laughs> That's on you. Um, oh, I was going to say something. I've forgotten. Uh, I, I thought that was it. I think this is the best season of Formula One in Formula One history. Bold. Uh, I, it's Maybe. one of the best. It's definitely the best in the turbo hybrid era. Uh, it's probably the best since. It's the best since Schumacher Hakkinen, but the uh, Schumacher Hakkinen never had as many races together as Verstappen and Hamilton have had. We've we've had on track action nearly every race. I was going to say it, it, it wasn't just on track action this weekend. Yeah, I don't know that Schumacher and Hakkinen ever came together. No, yeah. I, I, well, it was. I think it was because they had tight championships. But yeah. one weekend the Ferrari would be quick, and then the next weekend the McLaren would be quick, and they just swapped the results that way. Yeah. Whereas these cars have been so evenly matched, 
the drivers are evenly matched. I, I just I don't think there's been a better season in the, since I've been watching Formula One. I mean, it's it's easy to forget how tense 2016 was with Hamilton and Rosberg, but that was the same car. Yeah, and they were in Mercedes together. Um, this is you know two different teams where the other num- you know the number two driver in each team plays a pivotal role in what happens mm-hmm. as well. Um, and yeah, for, for for two drivers to to be going at it with, um, you know, as good support from their teammates, I think you probably do have to go back that far. Um, because even even the Alonso Schumacher fights, yeah, okay, you had you know Schumacher, whoever he was in a minor fight with the championship for when he had his dominant period, either Barrichello or Massa were there to you know support him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you've got to go back to the. I think you're right. You do have to go back to Schumacher Hakkinen for the last time. Two drivers in two cars where the number two drivers were also pivotal as to what was happening in the constructors. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those two teams and drivers were so far out and ahead of everyone else. And that was 21 years ago now. Yeah. (laughs) 22 years ago. And even like the, like the classic seasons that you, that, that we see, that we hear about, you know, center and Prost and stuff like that. You forget just how dominant one team was. In those in those situations, and well, there was only fifteen races the year that that Seller and Prost first fought for the championship. Yeah, I remember us sat in my house uh, years ago when uh, Dan was on the show as well, and I, I don't I can't remember why we were doing it or how it even came about, but we ended up watching highlights from it was a, it was a Senna year. I can't remember what what year it was, and we were talking about how like split up the field was and how like so so many of the races were just dominated by one driver and completely dominated by a team um whereas this year this it feels like it it should be like that it feels like it shouldn't have been as exciting as it is but i think when you go back and we you watch the highlights of this year it's going to be amazing yeah it is yeah i mean they're already replaying parts of this season and it was it, it played out this weekend in Brazil as well, the sort of the fight that we've been having with you know Red Bull and Mercedes and Max and Lewis. But I said I wasn't gonna make this podcast all about Lewis Hamilton, but my fuck, I can't remember a drive better than that from Lewis Hamilton in his entire career. No. Well when did he start a race in tenth and win the race by ten seconds? Well, I mean, realistically, his biggest the biggest achievement was on Saturday for him. Yeah, the sprint race. I mean, without the sprint race, as we said earlier, it probably yeah. wouldn't have had such an, an impact in the Grand Prix. But foot team racing overtakes, though, within 25 laps. Yeah. It's not bad going. Jesus Christ. Yeah, again, I get the feeling people were a bit tentative in the sprint and he maybe would have been fought a bit harder in the Grand Prix had he had to pass all those cars in the Grand Prix. Yeah. But, start, but starting 10th, from a race that's never been one further back from eighth, you know, I, I, all right, as Brazilian Grand Prix go, it was fairly pedestrian because they, they can be full of excitement, especially when the weather has its part to play as well. Um, watching Hamilton charge through up to like fifth in like, what was it, four laps? And then just, all right, Bottas let him pass. Let's not let's not forget that. Yeah, I was going to say, and on you know he made um, he made fourteen racing overtakes on Saturday, and um, 
seven, eight racing overtakes on uh, on Sunday and one. Did Bottas actually park to let him past? It was he slowed down a slow. lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that, oh, I don't know what to say. Like I, I said the last time we recorded a podcast, which is obviously before the Mexican Grand Prix, I said this is going to go to Max and Red Bull because um, Mercedes are making too many little mistakes and Red Bull just aren't. But when someone drives, okay, yeah, he had a new motor in the back of his car, but when someone drives like that, what are you supposed to do? This was supposed to be a circuit where Red Bull was supposed to be really good. Much like at Austin, where Mercedes are supposed to be really good. Mm. It's just like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I was lost for words after that. Again, I'm going to get accused of being a Hamilton fanboy, and that's fine. But that was stunning. Absolutely stunning. Um, I got accused of being a Hamilton fanboy yesterday uh, by by simply posting "incredible drive," um, and the funny thing was, is I was called a Hamilton fanboy while I was doing hot lap, saying I'm probably going to get a Hamilton fanboy, <laughs> and then uh, my thing, and then this little notification turned up, and like, oh, there it is, <laughs> fantastic. Now, the the turn four thing, that's that was a little iffy. Not from the part of the drivers, but show me the difference between that and what happened with um, with Lando in um, Austria. I think the stewards were scared to get interfere with the championship. They, they said they didn't have Maxes on board. Why? Bullshit. Mm. The, uh, they didn't want to get involved because they knew the backlash that it could have had if they cut, if they cost, if they, if they cost Max the race. Um, and what they've done, because I mean, that's the thing. It's by saying it's not even the fact that they didn't have it. It's not the fact they didn't have it because they said we're not going to look into it. Yeah, like so this. Yeah, they didn't even bother looking at it. They didn't investigate it. And for me, it was a slam dunk five second penalty for Max. It depends whether I got. I've got to see the onboard, and I know we may never see it. But if he opens up that steering, if he if he opens up that steering wheel, and it kind of looked like yeah. he does from from the angles we've seen, we can't tell though until we ever see the onboard. That that's like that's dirty, man. You don't, you don't do that. I but, think there's another thing to look at as well. If you go back and look at that incident, when Hamilton gets alongside him and he's got maybe his front wheels and front wing in front, and it's it's at that point you can see he's going to make that move. Um, Verstappen shoots forward and beca- and goes next to him again. Yeah, under braking, which is what Max has said. Now, I can't. I, I do understand Max's explanation that they both kind of outbreak themselves into the corner, and th- they both ran wide. Mm. I think. I think. He I think Max was, I think, I think Max was running wider than Lewis, but I, I don't want to say it was deliberate until we see the on board. But yeah, I mean, don't. I don't, I don't think don't, Lewis don't was turn destined. into Michael Schumacher. Yeah, don't turn I, into Michael Schumacher. I don't That's think a dirty Lewis trick was to play. For it. I don't think Lewis was destined for running wide. I think the only reason he ran wide was because he um, he got ahead of um, Max. Max thought, shit, he's getting around the outside of me here. And he just lifted his foot off the brakes 
and that at that point he shot forward, that's when he's got far too much speed to make the corner. So is it, I think it was Max just just deciding, I'm going to have a crash with you if you don't do something about this. He, maybe, but yeah. that is that just hard racing though? I mean, I don't mind hard racing. I think I think it's if you if we're going to complain about track limits, yeah, and we're going to complain um, about like drivers like going off and getting an advantage from from going off, then we've got to do the same with overtaking and being overtook. If Verstappen had managed to push Lewis out and keep his car on the track, it's a different. It's a different situation, as I've said all year. Like even with uh, like the Silverstone thing, if you're going to go around the outside of a driver, then it's your job to get the move done, and you need to expect to be treated harshly for trying to go around the outside. But the fact that Max didn't make the corner for me, like that he wasn't defending. You know, if you want to talk about leaving the track and gaining a lasting advantage, how about forcing yourself and you, and the guy you're racing off track to hold position? Yeah, and that's the argument, isn't it? Yeah, so I, to, me, to me, it was no, there, there's nothing surer than that should have been a, a five-second penalty. I don't, know if, I don't know if I wanted to see that because at the end of the day, the result remained the same. But if, um, if Max had got that penalty, you might have had a Mercedes 1-2 instead. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. It's it's just the whole inconsistencies. One one minute it's just let them race. The next minute it's oh you went within two inches of him. Therefore you um you deliberately made a move to try and force him off track. You're going to get a penalty for this. Michael Massey's the worst thing to happen to Formula One since one shot qualifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a, yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, um... I enjoyed his sassy radio though. Matty, Matty. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting I'm getting sick of hearing it. To be honest, I think it makes <laughs> Formula One look really petty. I quite like, like you know, the pettiness. I, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've noticed, but when it comes to sporting directors and complaining to the FIA, it fucking is. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to hear it. It's like it's like seeing the manager of a of, of a shop uh, berate one of his staff on the shop floor. I quite like it, if I'm honest. I quite like the, the teams putting their bits forward to, to the race director. Because the race director's not a steward. He doesn't make necessarily make the decisions, but yeah. uh, he's, and I've said this previously, he's a less strong voice, perhaps, in the sport than, than his predecessor was. Uh, and I think that position warrants um, a firm standpoint on, on more than, you know, more than just racing, but you know, on safety as well. Uh, and, and and Massey isn't very firm. He's quite laid back and you know a bit more a softer approach. So we should, shall we say he's South African, isn't he? No, he's Auss- he, he's Aussie. Can't you tell? Oh, is by he? the upward oh, I thought, I thought... inflection? <laughs> Everything he says sounds like a question. He's Ron Burgundy. No, but he's he's dead. He's dead muted, isn't he? He hasn't got the up speak thing. Yeah, no, but, he doesn't. Uh, do yeah, few, he's more sort of like South Australian. He's quite flat. Oh, I don't know. He, he does yeah. it. He does it quite a bit. When you can tell when he's getting agitated about something because it really kicks in. 
Although the um, what was it? Your um, your concerns have been noted. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for raising. Thank you for raising those. Your concerns have been noted. It was thank you for your input. No, was that was it. That was it. The, uh, the line. And then the you're welcome. <laughs> I don't. I don't want Formula One to have a Karen club. And that's what it feels like. It's just too late. I think Karen the issue Horner is they have exists. the Karen Club. It's just we've not heard about <laughs> yeah. it before. The Karen Club has always existed. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the biggest, the Red biggest one was on. Ladies have got their own as well, haven't they? Karen Meadows. Karen <laughs> <laughs> <Caron> Chanduk. <laughs> yeah, I mean the big, the biggest one was um, on the pit wall for Sky all weekend. Winger Spice. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's one of Jeff Sharps, who denies it, but it was definitely him that said it. <laughs> He's going to shout at us for naming him for, for that one again. Um, I mean, right, okay, so we've done, we have done Checo, really, so Hamilton and uh, Verstappen. Bottas, um, he played the number two role properly this weekend. Almost. He was almost a perfect performance from Bottas had he caught and passed Max that would have been the perfect number two weekend mm. for Bottas um, sprint pole as we said he's won the 2021 sprint championship if that's a thing <laughs> if they're going to do it, unofficial if crown do it, now yeah if they're going to do it in 2021 uh, sorry 2022 then the 2021 champion is Bottas yeah yeah because you can't have an inaugural championship when the same things happened the year before no, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, a great, great sprint race. Um, I, a I, pretty, pretty I, solid weekend for Valtteri Bottas. I did say before the start on Sunday, I'm just wondering how um, the pressure of getting such a great start on Saturday is getting to him and having to repeat it. And lo and behold, he didn't get anywhere near as good a start on Sunday as he did on Saturday. Maybe I just think it's Bottas being Bottas. Not predictably unpredictable. Yeah, because I mean, don't forget he had the he had the tire advantage as well, didn't he in the in the sprint race? Yeah, he had softs. Yeah, yeah he, was, mm. he was on was on softs compared to um, compared to Max on mediums. But that, I mean, that was a phenomenal start that he had on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was he was just off the line, away and ahead, and um, and absolutely done. Um, if we could only pin a season together, he might actually have a championship to his name. Now you're in fantasy land. Yeah, I still think it's... Bottas would have had to... You know, never mind Windows 11. We'd have to be looking at Bottas 11 you know, in order to get even close to the, the deity that is Lewis Hamilton, let's be honest. Yeah. So, <laughs> gone from fanboy to worshipper <laughs> pretty much no <laughs> not at all yeah I, it's just yeah i don't i'm not making the whole podcast about one man because that's not what it's all about but that this weekend is it a turning point do you think is is this where lewis has kind of refound his mojo purely by the fact that he was disqualified from um qualifying um, for an infringement, which is totally, you know, his wing was illegal. It's totally fair. But has that given him the the old school kick up the ass that that we would see from, you know, early days Mercedes, definitely in McLaren, Hamilton, where he would just 
next three or four races, he would just go out and absolutely nail everything. I th- I think it's all going to depend on whether this advantage can be put can be kept. Like the we've seen um, Mercedes have had this problem with their engine this year. I would suggest that don't get it wrong, unless Lewis breaks down. Um, I would suggest that maybe they've fixed this issue with the car they had this weekend. And if they've fixed the if they've fixed the issue, and all of a sudden they can run that Mercedes engine how we're used to seeing them run it, then Max might be in a little bit of trouble. Well, you say that. I spotted three times under braking or deceleration blue smoke coming out the back of Lewis Hamilton's car yesterday. I, I would not be surprised if they said something about his engine at the next race. Oh, we can't use that one again. Um, I saw, I mean, th- th- hey, if if they can do, um, and it's, it's going to be track specific as well, uh, but somebody um, uh, messaged me yesterday uh, saying this, is it worth, if they can get that speed advantage, throwing a new engine in that car every weekend now for the rest of the season? given the fact that they have to go, they have to be aggressive to win the championship. So you might be right. It could be that. I suspect, though, that because I saw the blue smoke after you messaged the, messaged the group and I saw it on the on the pit straight as he was coming down, uh, coming, coming down to T1, I feel that might have just been the barge board. No, sorry, the uh, plank hitting the deck. I think it might just be bottoming out and not actually smoke. Yeah, maybe. It just seems odd that it was always under, not necessarily braking, but deceleration coming off yeah. the gas. I don't know whether it was just because you implanted the idea in my brain, but when you messaged to say there was blue smoke, it felt like the director was focusing on the rear of the car a lot more mm. than the front of the car, as if they were also like, ooh, was that smoke? Let's have a look. Mm, it's... Not not something I noticed. I completely missed it. I was away. No, I, was like, I didn't see it, but I noticed yeah. a lot of the rear end of the car right at the end of the race. Mm. I feel if it had been, I think somebody else would have picked it up. You know, like a Ted in the notebook or something like that. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't. I don't. Don't think it got mentioned. Didn't watch the notebook this week. Yeah, we... I've not seen a huge <sighs> amount of fallout about I, it. I, I watched the notebook. It wasn't. It wasn't in it. But who knows. Who fucking knows? Uh, so Rockstar... could be a normal thing that I just noticed <laughs> yesterday. Could be. Uh, Rockstars and wankers. Obviously, Hamilton Rockstar. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, Sonoda was a bit wankery. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd go. Yeah. I'd go R- with that. Ruined Stroll's race. Yeah. Uh, Michael Massey wanker. No, not necessarily. I don't think so. Um. Stewards, not, the stewards yeah, not having wankers. not having the on board from from that incident, yeah. I think is a bit like wh- how do we not have on board? We've got every camera angle in the world, but not the one that shows what Max was doing with the steering wheel. We need, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Lando for to see that to make oh, judgment. I think it's more <laughs> so, the fact, you know. They, I was just gonna say, I think it's more the fact that they didn't look into it. That's what gets me. If they'd have gone in, look, uh, um, done a review of it, come back over the radio, said, yeah, we've looked at it, it's a racing incident, carry on. 
But to turn around and say, yeah, no, no investigation necessary when your your number one and number two car forced each other off the circuit is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, apparently they only went on what was on TV and then didn't... Is it not the whole point of the stewards, though, that they have more of the angles than what is on TV? Yes. You think so? They only went went off the broadcast coverage, apparently. Yeah, I assumed they had infinite replays from all the angles. That's the whole point, is that they have, like, all the eyes on the thing. I'm pretty sure you could have done a better job trying to work out what had happened with a standard F1 TV subscription. Then again, was the did. whole was the whole Verstappen touching the rear wing thing? Did that not initially all come about because of a fan video? Yes, which again yeah. is, is silly. Mm. Yeah, weird. Yeah, I just wonder. You know, did something? Did Mercedes have a plant in the crowd or something? <laughs> then again. No, but you, you shouldn't be touching other people's cars. No, that is, <laughs> that is true. You Don't know, touch other people's rear ends. Yeah, when it when it goes when it goes when it goes to the tribunals, like, right? Show us on the scale extric where you touched it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lando's a rock star for the recovery drive, and a bit of a wanker for fucking his own race up. Yeah, for, for having to have a recovery drive in the first place. Yeah, yeah, both both for Lando. Mm. And the Giovinazzi Participation Award, going on what we saw, everybody from 12th downwards for me. Yeah. Um, I would say possibly uh, Giovinazzi Participation Award to Mick Schumacher. No, he shat shat carbon fibre all over the track. He had an impact. He had a participation. He was there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was a shame for Seb. Not uh, he was in and out of the points all afternoon, finishing eleventh. Uh, you know that was it was a shame for him not to actually manage to snaffle that into the points. Yeah, I think his performance for the rest of the weekend kind of deserved it, but um, you don't win a champ. All right, the saying used to be you don't win a championship on Saturdays, but apparently that's going to change next season. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, you're not going to win a championship on Saturday, but you're going to be able to get a championship for Saturdays. <laughs> Are we now going to start saying you don't win a championship on Fridays? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. But you can lose a championship on Fridays. Oh, God, yeah. Here's, before, before we finish it, uh, quick, quick thing then. We've had all the sprint races, haven't we? Yes. Are we all in favour of sprint races now? With tweaks. Yeah, I think some form of sprint race, yes. Exactly yeah, I what I don't know. I don't not have the answers, but um, yeah, some kind of sprint like it. Yeah, make, yeah I mean, to, make to them more fair, meaningful. It would be quite the turnaround, wouldn't it? After fucking what? When did we start doing this podcast? 2015? 2014. Oh, yeah, 2015. Sorry, yeah, 2015. Yeah. So, pretty much from the minute we started doing podcasts, I've championed Saturday sprint races because of, uh, because of the F2 format. Wouldn't it be turn around if I turn around now and said, "Do you know what? Don't really like it." How's <laughs> was, was that song go? Be careful what you wish for; dreams sometimes come true. <laughs> well, it's weird, isn't it? Because we we had a big thing about how are we going to fix Formula One like and way I, back. Just just be, just before you start this one, Chris, and I I will be in awe of anyone who can actually name the song and the band that I got that line from. Uh, no, I wasn't even listening. All right, I yeah, wasn't listening. yeah, yeah. Honey- <laughs> Yeah, careful what you ask for, because dreams sometimes come true. 
<laughs> it sounds like China in your hand by Tapao, but it's not. It, it really isn't. No. Um, but the... Um, is that X-Pac's favourite song? Yeah. <laughs> the... <laughs> the... Um, handful of China. No. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> that lady is no longer with us. Stop it. Um, anyway... Formula Lee, as we called it, not not the competition, but when we were trying to fix Formula One years ago, Formula Lee was let's do sprint races on a Saturday. Formula Chris was let's uh, get rid of all the aero from the from the go top of ground effects and go for more ground effect. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. We've, got 20, we've just got we've rid- had to wait an extra year for it, but the 2022 rules are exactly what we asked for like five <laughs> years ago. I can't believe that Formula One have used all our ideas and not took us with them. I know, bastards. <laughs> I, I, I reckon, I, I reckon that um, we'll get taken with them when they get when um, they get rid of DRS, which was my one, and no more overfakes. That's for 2026, isn't it? Possible, but it's staying for the for the for the current um, 2022 formula. According to Ross Braun, they might get rid of it before and if it proves to be not worth it. Mm. Yeah, I suppose they could just get just stop opening your wing, couldn't you? <laughs> so it's not, that's not really that difficult. <laughs> I suppose it'll be disconnect if... the button. Done. Maybe maybe they get rid of it if it was actually detrimental to racing. You know whether it, it was just because of the cars following each other too cl- so closely, hopefully, and mm. being able to race each other, and it all of a sudden like overtakes are just slam dunks and nobody actually does anything because the minute you come to the next DRA, uh, DRS zone, you just swap positions again. Um, I suppose they get rid of it if it was detrimental to the to the actual racing. Either that, or you can use it anywhere. And if you want to go go around a corner with your wing fully open, good luck. Yeah. Did they not used oh. to do that in practice? Was um, it? In it practice, was, yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, practice and quality. You could use it anywhere. That's yeah. Cool. It didn't always didn't go well. Mark Webber get it stuck open at some point and uh, had to do an entire FP1 with his wing open because he couldn't close it. I think there was a. It started to become places like Spa, for instance. Was in fact. It might have even been a Rouge was the first place, like the first, right, you can't use it here. <laughs> I remember that being a thing where there was just certain corners where they were like, yeah, well, you, 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 yeah let's not, okay? <laughs> talk, talk, talking of a Rouge, they're reprofiling it for uh, for next year. I'm not keen, not going to lie. Straightening it, aren't they? Yeah, no, the, the, well, it's um, more of a corner. They're the turning it back into a corner again, which, according to, uh, according to the Statman, is how it used to be pre-1979. Yeah, that's great. Lots of things were like that pre nineteen seventy nine. I'm not. I'm not a fan of. If I'm honest, well, people are still going to take it as fast as possible. So it just means if you get it even wronger, goodbye. I thought they were straightening out Radion, like for just further down. They might be doing. So they might be doing that as well. Yeah, there's, there's, there's the bump. Take. I think they're trying to get the bump out, aren't they? That keeps launching yeah. people. Yeah, mm. which is probably a good thing. Yes. <laughs> See that. That's a fine idea, but the, I, I'm not like to. Uh, see, I, I think that the, the difference here is is um, I've seen Formula One cars go up that, and it's fucking awe inspiring when you when you see how like on the um, on the exit as they go in uh, into the corner, like the the amount of grip they've got for the speed they're going, and and you can see them start to slide, 
Um, it's a shame that that's not going to happen anymore. I think I think it'll still happen. I think it'll still be quick, but I think what the what they're doing is sort of pulling it a little bit more. Um, no, the, the the only way you get that is if they take it flat. That's and you won't be able to take this flat. You'll have to break going into it. And then I think I, th- I think they're pulling the exit a little bit more to the right, so they can um, they can sort Radion out as well. The also the um, arrow for next year uh, is supposed to be a reduction in in downforce. Um, it's still downforce, but I mean the reduction in in overall downforce. Um, so. Whilst it's going to make cars easier to follow each other because there's going to be less of a, a of a wake coming off the car in front, mm. uh, it also means they are they might have to take some fast corners just a little bit slower. I think that if we'd have gone back into a situation where cars had to let like lift going into a rouge, I think I think the I think the days of like the flat O rouge would have been gone with the new cars. But it's not going to be a case of lifting now. It's going to be a case of braking, going into it and accelerating up the hill. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Well, no, Eau Rouge is the corner at the top of the hill. Yeah, no. But they're going to be break, breaking at the bottom of the hill. Oh, so, they're sorry, to... they're going to be breaking into it. Yeah, so they're going to be breaking into Radion and into Eau Rouge. But it's just, it's. I think it's a shame. Like the maybe, I think the, maybe, maybe there was more they could have done like safety-wise, that didn't involve altering the corner as much as they did. Uh, like you say, I mean, uh, the big thing for people going off this year was that fucking stupid bump that was in the car, mm. or that was in the on the track. You know, that's that's ridiculous to have a, a bump on a track that when the car's light unsettles the car and you lose the back end. That's just the fuck that lay in the tarmac. Um, maybe just relaying the tarmac would have been the first move rather than the the overcautious thing that they've done here but who knows well like i said i don't i don't, I don't think it's overcautious i think it's just it's just changing the profile of it slightly it's um, not slightly though it's not it's a big it's a big change to to turn a corner that was flat into a corner which is now going to be a break maybe even a gear well it's not it's not even going to be close to that I think it will be. That that's going to be a, like breaking into a corner. It's difficult to tell as well, isn't it? When you've got when you've got a new form, like a new style of car coming. Yeah, maybe. But I, I like from what I, when I was looking at pictures of it, and like I said, I'm convinced they're going to be breaking into that. It's not. It's not going to be like a a lift, and then going through it a couple hundred miles an hour. It's just a shame because that's like that was a spectacle still in Formula One. Like Eau Rouge was a spectacle, and now it's still going to be a good corner. I just think it's lost some of the spectacle. We will agree to disagree until September. Yes. It's one of those, isn't it? Until yeah. it happens, you don't yeah. know. You, know, you don't know. You don't know until you see it. Um, right. Quick predictions for Qatar this week. We have got. Ooh. <laughs> forgotten about Qatar. Yeah. Um <laughs> what the hell? Um Hamilton Verstappen Perez. Okay. I'm gonna go um Verstappen Hamilton Norris. Mm. You two still there? Hamilton yeah. Bottas Verstappen. Going exactly the same as Lee for for a change, Hamilton Bottas for Stappen. 
one week a year when you agree with each other. Um, <laughs> Fight back begins. <laughs> if you want to put your predictions in, go to the website threelegsfourwheels.com, go to the game section, and go to the 2021 Prediction League. And you can put in your top three, pole, fastest lap, will there be a safety car, and how many not classifieds. So DNS is DNFs and didn't do 90% of the race. And uh, there's three races to go, and it's uh, pretty tight at the top of the league at the minute. Um, I assume we're going to give Total Shunt a miss tonight, because we've already been doing this for over two hours, and it's nearly half ten. She's a longie. Yeah, She's we've been, been chatting. There was a lot to talk about. Um, I, ha- I have one in the bank, and I'll keep that for next week. I've got. I've gives got... me an opportunity to say happy birthday to long-time listener and... Lee's told me to get a room with him earlier on tonight. Kieran Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Who is, is stateside at the moment, I think? After uh, taking his first ever flight. Ah. No way. First flight. Yeah, he went to yeah. a, an NFL game, I think. I, don't, I did, yes, I did see did. the NFL picture. I just thought he turned up at Wembley a couple of weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> he no, picked happy... the wrong race to miss, like. Yeah, I, would, I, I saw a couple of tweets from him that were along the lines of, oh, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, we'll be back next week with a review of whatever the hell happens in Qatar. Um, also a review of Morris Hamilton's new book, Murray Walker Incredible, which I have a copy of in front of me, and will be a chance to win a copy as well. We've been uh, we've been given a couple of copies to give away. Exciting. Oh, amazing. So, Did you say Murray, Murray Walker's new book? No, I said... Morris Hamilton's new book, Incredible Murray Walker. All oh, right, cool. Oh, Murray so Walker, is, is Incredible. Is it a biography? Um, it's anecdotes and stories about oh, nice. uh, about Murray from um, drivers, mechanics, journalists, commentators. Basically, basically, it's a celebration of Murray. A br- brilliant. Sounds like so, a solid stocking filler. I am. Mm. I am looking forward to uh, to reading that over the next uh, over the next few days, and uh, I'll tell you all what it's like. At the end, and um, like I said, we'll have some copies to give away. And we're trying to get Morris Hamilton himself on the show. That'd be great. That'd be, that'd be cool. Absolute dad present, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Guess what you're getting your dad for Christmas? Oh, he's, he's not a big reader, certainly, especially not now at this age. So you're getting your dad an Audible subscription and the audio version of the book. Maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, if you want to get in touch. Um, drop us a line, three legs, four wheels at gmail.com. If there's any questions you want to ask on the podcast as well, we'll uh, we'll work through those. Nothing came in last week, so or nothing that I can find. So now to uh, now to really say, I've got a couple of total shunts as well. So we'll do a, we'll do a Christmas show with extra added shunts again this year because that was a good. Yeah, that went so well last time. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, get in touch with us individually. We all are on the socials. Lee, you go first because you normally do it after the shunt. I'm at a total shunt on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And um, you can get me at Pablo100. Uh, I am at Sean Cowper. At Flood21. And of course, at Three Legs, Four Wheels on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for uh, for the general, uh, all, all four of us. Right, we will uh, we will see you next week. And, um, we will. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what Qatar brings. Nobody making any phlegm jokes or anything like that. No, no. no I was thinking I'll about making it. a guitar joke, but yeah, I decided against it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll it'll just be good to see what four wheels are like on a track that we all know for two wheels. How about that? Yeah. Right. 
we'll we'll see you next week. Don't catch norovirus. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Ciao.